Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with another episode of the Chick Foley Show. This is episode number 117. Going to be talking about Elimination Chamber. Uh, we got some awesome figures to talk about this week. But first, let me introduce the two stars of the show, Sheena. Hello, hello. And Marco. What's going on? Just uh, just living the champion's life over here, you know, just you know, wrestling my <laughs> championships. You can see these right behind me, dual champion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, my God. Marco, we, uh, I, I was ordered not to ask you about the weather this time. Uh, you know, a, another member of the cast uh, complained about asking about the weather too much. So what else is going on up in uh, Massachusetts right now besides the weather? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, uh, There's nothing else to talk about but weather. So we're just, we'll just skip what's going on around here. I literally, that's what I literally told Seth when we were talking about it. I, I was like, you know, the sad thing is, it's like you can't be like, where did you go this weekend? What would you do? You know, did you eat, eat out any good restaurants? You know what I mean? It's just, it's just like everybody's like, yeah, looking out the window, it's cloudy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the time inside does give us a lot of uh, – a lot of chance to uh, catch up on social media. So Sheena, tell where they can find you guys. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco is graciously running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. And most importantly, you can join our Foley fam uh, at ChickFoleyShow.com. So hop over there. Um, we want to congratulate our buddy Dennis Vautour for winning the Chick Foley Rumble 6. It was so much fun. We, we live streamed it before uh, Elimination Chamber. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun over there. We actually recorded some new um, Boxamania videos for you guys. Um, we got Alex Pierce's custom Dynamite Kid that he yeah. made for us on there. So yeah, some some really good Legends figures on on this week's episode of Unboxamania. Um, and Your yeah. official source for Unboxamania. Oh yeah, the one and only. The original. Don't be fooled by any imitators out there. <laughs> All right, and uh, speaking of figures, remember to use code Chick Foley anytime you order on RingsideCollectibles.com. Save ten percent. They are the number one uh, worldwide retailer of wrestling figures, and you can support the show. And support them and save a little bit of coin anytime you get some new figures. And uh, make sure to check the show notes, all the partners that we'll be mentioning throughout the show. Um, if you hit our show notes, we got links in there and then reminders on the, the discount code. So definitely hit that up. And with that, we will move inside the squared circle. This segment is brought to you by Homage. They definitely have, uh, I, I don't know where they're sourcing their shirts from, but they have the softest tees in the biz. You know, so um, they had a lot of awesome, really retro inspired designs on there, but then you can also just buy. Um, they're playing tees if you're just looking for some basics. So yeah. definitely recommend them. Like I said, they're uh, they're, they're softer than, than some of the other uh, quote-unquote soft tees you can find out there. So yeah. hit up Homage. That link is in the show notes. Uh, let's get started with the Elimination Chamber review. So uh, I'll kick it off by introducing the, the reigning, defending, undisputed, Undefeated in 2021, Chick Foley Show prediction champion, Marco. He's trying to hold it down. I've been giving him <laughs> shit ever since I came on this show. She and I have been dominating the prediction championship. You know, As far as the battle of the sexes go, we were getting stomped out by the females there, Marco. But, yeah, yeah I don't know what you did for your New Year's resolution, but you finally got uh, the prognostications are coming through. So we'll let you start it off. What was your match of the night? Oh, man. Um, I'll start off by saying, you know, trained long and hard to uh, – you know, first win the championship and then, you know, to keep it was was another story. Yeah. But uh, you know, it was a it was a it was a hard fought battle. Um and uh, you know, it's 
the the championships uh, rightfully where it's supposed to be. So, uh, wow, that, that, is, that is what we call fake news. Um, uh, so, match of the night. Um, I'm going to be honest. The show wasn't the greatest of shows, uh, so it's really hard to pick match of the night. Um, but if I have to pick a a match, I'm going to pick. I'm actually going to go with the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber over the Universal Championship. Uh, number one contender elimination chamber. I thought that was a better match. Um, a lot of different stories going into that as well. Uh, not that the, you know, the universal uh, championship uh, elimination chamber match didn't have any stories going into it. Um, I think the WWE championship was more compelling um, in the sense where you had Randy Orton who had a feud with Drew McIntyre. And then, you know, you had um, Sheamus who also had, has kind of like a feud with Drew McIntyre and stuff like that. So I mean, Everybody you had like a, Drew. yeah. Yeah, they all hate Drew. Pretty much everyone had a match, except for Kofi. I mean, and, and Jeff Hardy, we'll say. Jeff Hardy's the enigma, so you don't know what he's actually thinking. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. The but, charismatic um, enigma. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, that was probably my match of the night. Shana, how about you? I'm going to go with uh, the other Elimination Chamber match. I'm going to go with the number one contender match. I thought there was just some really awesome spots. I mean, you, you had – just incredible amount of talent in there. I mean, you know, Cesaro really playing up the storyline of DB having the bad knee and uh, doing the one-legged Cesaro spin. I thought was really cool. And then, um, you know, Jay, he attempted the splash off the top of the, uh, off the chamber, which, you know, is always like, I think we look at it and we're like, oh, that's high. But I can't even imagine being up there and thinking like, I'm about to dive off this thing, you know, how high that's going to be. So that was a really cool spot. And then, you know, Jay trapping Kevin Owens' arm in the cage and then just like, you know, super kicking, stomping him out. I thought yeah. it was really, was really cool. Um, obviously, we saw Daniel Bryan win that match and then have to immediately go face the Tribal Chief, which unfortunately for him didn't work out so well. But he did get a really cool um, spear into a yes lock, which, which I liked. Yeah. So I thought, you know, he did get to get in a little bit of offense, which is the most that we've seen, you know, really, um, you know, Roman look like he could be defeated for just a for just a split second. You know, that match was only like two or three minutes long, but just for a split second, you could tell Roman was a little bit scared. So I like that he that he paid respect to, you know, DB in that way. What about any uh, letdown of the night scene? I, I would have to say the women's tag match was probably my my letdown of the night. It was just you know, I'm kind of over Reginald. Um, I just think it's just it's unnecessary at this point. I don't know what his what his role is going to be going into Mania um, and that sort of thing. It just kind of to me that seems more of like a mid card type of gimmick. You know what I mean? Somebody having the you know the, the I've heard. It. How do you say? Do you say sommelier or sommelier? Like I say sommelier. I, see, I say sommelier, and then I hear other people say salt. I, I don't know. He's the I wine say Reginald. guy. Reginald. Reginald, the wine guy. Okay. Um, no matter how you say it, somebody please correct us. Um, I used to, I used to work at the Cheesecake Factory. I can't believe I, you know, have opened plenty plenty of bottle of wine. <laughs> so, you know, I can't believe I can't pronounce that word. But anyway, I just didn't think it did really enough to set up Bianca and Sasha Banks, if that's you know the direction that we're going. Um, I thought it really could have done a lot more for storytelling purposes. Um, Shayna. You know, and and Nia looked okay. I mean, it was just to me, it was just kind of a throwaway match, to be quite honest. Marco, how about you? Is there anything you weren't uh, particularly feeling from the show? Um, I think the letdown of the night was no Oscar at all. Not even a where was Oscar? Not even yeah. a replacement. The, dis- the disrespect yeah. is insane. That was the yeah, that was yeah. a letdown for me because they they did it for the triple threat match for Bobby Lashley. Now that's yeah. who Bobby is. You know, he's on his probably on his way to the. Uh, 
main event scene. We'll talk about that later. But, you know, Asuka's the champ. She is a champion. And there was no replacement, no, like, qualifying she's match. Been a, the she's been nothing. a champion. That's yeah. the thing. She has been a champion. And it's just consistently, man. Like, yeah, they definitely, uh, yeah, they're definitely backed into the corner by Lacey Evans' surprise uh, pregnancy announcement. Congrats to her. Best wishes to her. But I don't know why they couldn't have just done an open challenge. You know, everybody's down there already. Send somebody up from NXT. Just give yeah. us, you know, we, we, no storyline necessary. Give us a 12-minute banger of an Oscar match. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many awesome women in NXT right now. You could have sent one of them up for just a one-off match to give them a little bit of exposure. So, yeah, I yeah. agree. But I think, uh, you know, the bigger MIA than, than Oscar was the scene, you know, yeah. especially once I saw yeah. that the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber was going on last um, I just assumed that we were going to get some kind of big fiend moment in the elimination chamber. We've seen all kinds of creative run-ins over the years. Um, I remember when Shawn Michaels busted into the chamber to take out Undertaker uh, before their WrestleMania match uh, about 10 years ago now at this point. Wow, it's crazy that's been 10 years. Um, but, yeah, I, I just thought for sure we were going to see the fiend come out. Uh, but I guess he's just you – know, he was hanging out with Papa Shango somewhere yeah. in parts unknown, apparently. Yeah, that's not all, that's yeah. one of our things to talk about. But we have we, we cannot not talk about that. Literally, I was like, Seth, I was like, Papa Shango's back. You know, so, Alexa does her little, like, you know, um, voodoo spell. And then all of a sudden, Randy Orton's puking up black goo. So yeah. uh, I was like, we've seen this visual before, I believe. Yeah, I seen it. Uh, so, so I was thinking uh, – I think I said this a while back – um, a gimmick for the fiend would be something pretty cool where he would like pass on into different hosts, something like that. Okay. Like, he would, like his, yeah. his like his spirit would go into like another wrestler, like kind of like you did with with kind of like Alexa Bliss. Now she kind of has like the fiend kind of takes over. What if that's yeah. happening with Randy Orton? What if that that the next phase of Randy Orton is kind of like this like this version of the fiend? So it's like, it's basically like a zombie apocalypse happening. A slow zombie apocalypse or just kind of like, you know, slowly turning into little fiend mongrels, you know, fiend goblins. Yeah, and he teams up with Alexa Bliss and they have this kind of like, you know, because she's kind of alone right now and I'm not sure where the fiend is. So maybe he takes over Randy Orton for a little bit. Now Randy Orton's going to be this like terrorizing like... Because he already is terrorizing. He lit a guy on fire. I think, so. yeah, I think that can be super cool. I'm all for like the faction life. I love when a megastar has like a faction of people around them. You know, I mean, we saw that forming with Seth Rollins. Obviously, it didn't work out for the Messiah yeah. gimmick, but that ma- it made that gimmick so much more mage. Um, you know, and I think we uh, the Wyatt family. You know, the Wyatt family was mage. Um, and Let's I look at the hurt business right now. Yeah, the hurt yeah. business exactly. You know, factions, factions work. Right? Factions work. You know, I think it's really. I think it's would be a huge misstep for them not to build a faction around the fiend, especially since we've already kind of like tested the waters, you know, before it was like, he's a loner. He's this weird entity. But now that we've tested the waters with Alexa bliss, I think the possibility is there for him to like open up and actually create like a, a fiend family, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think that would be so freaking mage like sanity, you know, they could be like sanity and Jace kind of just like weird, yeah. you know, like <laughs> cre- creepy people. <laughs> Sanity was mage too. You can't yeah, say Sanity we, wasn't mage. They were Sanity cool in NXT. Awesome. I don't know if I call them mage. They were definitely cool in NXT. Well, yeah, in NXT, uh, obviously, didn't when they translate got to the, to the, to the main the, roster. Yeah, it didn't translate yeah. at all to the main roster. But I mean, that was during that whole period of time when all the NXT call ups were like getting completely misused. Yeah. So, so I don't know if uh, I probably slightly disagree with you guys that uh, you know I don't know how how over a uh, an undead army for the fiend would get, but. 
you know, the, the really insane thing is, is that uh, if that's the direction it goes in, that probably wouldn't be the most crazy thing we've seen out of this Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt storyline. You know, I yeah. feel like this is going to be, yeah. this is definitely going to be one of those storylines we look at, you know, five or 10 years from now is just one of those batshit crazy uh, wrestling storylines. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just imagine um, if you ever go on Wikipedia and read like the wrestler bios on there, like it, in kayfabe gives like the wrestler's biography, you know, I could just imagine reading all the, uh, all the details of this storyline broken down in black and white because it's been it's been pretty ridiculous since the start. Yeah. All right. So speaking of letdowns, we'll move on to the next topic, the end of Elimination Chamber. So Drew McIntyre once again fights off all the challengers, stands tall, and then out of nowhere, Bobby Lashley, still pissed off uh, after losing the United States Championship, comes out, beats down Drew, and then we hear uh, the Miz's music hit, comes down, cashes in, and wins the championship. Um, it's pretty crazy. First off, hats off to the Miz. He is the first ever two-time Grand Slam champion. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah. It's crazy that the Miz got it. Um, I don't even know. He's probably one of the last people I would think would have something like that. But, you know, in kayfabe, that's one of the best achievements you could ever have. He's yeah. a two-time Grand Slam champ. And uh, it was very controversial online immediately. Just I think just because the Miz really has not been a very strong Mr. Money in the Bank. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's we've seen him lose a ton. He really only he has... He wasn't even the original Mr. Money yeah, in the Bank. Yeah, he didn't actually win the briefcase. He only has it now off of a lawsuit and then off a loophole. He already had one failed cash-in. But right. regardless, uh, Miz is once again the champ. of Almost 10 years between his two reigns. So that's pretty wild to uh, come back and win it. I think... You know, he's up there in the Bob Backlund territory as far as gap between uh, world title reigns. Yeah. Uh, but he's got it back. Marco, what did you think of the cash in? Um, it, was a, it was a surprise. I was actually wasn't even expecting that to happen at all. I mean, he was going to cash in at some point. Just, I mean, I wasn't thinking it was Elimination Chamber. Um, I was thinking maybe like Fastlane, maybe the next pay-per-view before, just mm-hmm. right before Mania. So, like, he was kind of locked in for that main event scene. But, you know, he jumped the gun and became champion. And I'm probably one of the few people that don't hate that he's the champion. Only because he's had, like, I mean, he's great on the mic. People hate him. I mean, he does his job for, for yeah. what it's worth. Like, he, he's he's never injured. He's he's always – he's there week in and week out, yeah. like he says in his promos. Yep. He's, he's That Intercontinental Championship is relevant because of him. Yes. I mean, I mean, there's, there's nothing – Bad, you get. I mean, you could say he's kind of annoying and all that type of stuff. But other than that, but like, I mean, that's this job. That's his job as a yeah. heel to be annoying. My biggest he's problem is has always been uh, the in ring stuff, man. It just, I don't know. I think he's almost like he's very, you know, he's technically sound or whatever. But I feel like it's almost too soft. Like it's unbelievable to me. I, I can definitely tell I'm watching pro wrestling when I see yeah. Miz in the ring. You know, which I don't know. I think that's why he's never really connected for me. He's definitely a hateable heel. I'll give him that. He's not. He's not trying to be the cool heel that ends up getting cheered. Like this guy is going for the booze, uh, and he manages to get him. Um, he's a lot of people are saying that he is the weakest WWE champion of all time, just based off his performance over the past year going into this one. Um, who, who do you think is the worst WWE champion of all the time? Weakest or the worst? No, the worst. Um, he can't be. Yeah, I mean. I don't think we've had some bad ones. I, I feel like Jinder Mahal, that one came out of nowhere. Um, you know, Jinder Mahal came out of nowhere. There was uh, Bob Backlund in 94. He had a hell of a match with Brett when he won it, but he came out of nowhere. And then he ended up only holding it for about eight days. So those two popped in mind. How about you, Marco? Um, probably, I would probably fall in line with that. I mean, there's, I couldn't, I can't think of anyone else. And I mean, with the Miz, he, when he won the championship the last time, he made event at WrestleMania. So I mean, gender didn't do that when he had the he had the championship. Um, 
Uh, and you know, it's yeah, I can't think of anyone else that like that's like a real weak like champion. For the most part, they're all pretty like strong in a sense. Like, um, I mean, what about Sheamus? Um, even she- I mean, even Sheamus is weak. I mean, I don't, I don't see him as a weak uh, champion at all. I mean, they really he was they really pushing him like crazy. He was in a feud with John Cena and everything. Um, so I mean, I don't know. I, th- I in, in the terms of weak, I think it's just like. Like he said, like Jinder Mahal came out of nowhere. That type yeah. of thing. There was like really no build. He just returned all jacked and everything, and ended up winning the title <laughs> off of Randy Orton. That's all it like, takes. When you're, yeah, for Vince, that's all it takes. If you've got muscles on muscles on muscles, and you're a big guy, like you're in. Yeah, you're in there. Like like Sheamus had a build to him like that whole time. Like he, they were building him as a, as a great like the strong heel against John Cena, and then obviously he turned face and stuff afterwards. But yeah, I mean, I'd probably say yeah, Jinder Mahal or or like Bob Backlund or yeah, I mean. Obviously, Bob's before my time, but uh, yeah, I don't see anyone else as a kind of like a weak, weak champion in that sense. Aside from uh, from strongest and weakest, you know, because that's really subjective. Who's your personal least favorite WWE champion of all time, Marco? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, weak, uh, weak as in like one of my least favorite as in like run or just just like Just, just least favorite. Yeah, who's your least favorite of all the WWE champions? Probably gender. <laughs> probably have to say. I mean, obviously he had the he had the cool uh, Punjabi present match and stuff like that, yeah. but there was really nothing to that championship run. In I feel like gender kind of grew into it. He definitely wasn't ready for it whenever he uh, whenever he won it. But like the presentation changed slightly afterwards. You know, he had the the entrance where it blacked out, and then they had the red carpet, the red like, carpet yeah. down the ramp, yeah. With yeah. The, and the Singh brothers would come out and introduce him. So like. I think he kind of the rain kind of made him seem significant because he ended up holding that belt for about seven months. For me, my yeah. least favorite, um, yeah, the Miz are going to be up there, man, just because I just I feel like he could lose any time. I mean, you never yeah. the, the Miz just he's not going to beat anybody clean. So the Miz is up there. Um, I was never a, really a huge fan of um, Sheamus, like like Sheena mentioned. You yeah. know, when Sheamus, whether you look at the two thousand and nine, I think it was when he beat John Cena for it, and then. Um, and then in 2015, when he cashed in from Roman, uh, on Roman, that one was pretty weak. Um, going back to the old days, when Sergeant Slaughter beat the Ultimate Warrior, I was like, what the hell? You know, Sergeant Slaughter was another guy that even though he had, <laughs> he was such a heat magnet with the, uh, the anti-American, you know, Iraqi sympathizer yeah. gimmick. But I just could not buy him beating the Ultimate Warrior. You know, he's the, I mean, just look at Sergeant Slaughter. You know, he just did not look like he was stand a chance against <laughs> Ultimate Warrior to fight. And then I'm supposed to buy him beating Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. Uh, so yeah, even as a little kid, I was like, "How the hell is this dude the world champ?" You know, they pretty much. True. I think no matter who it was, the, the, it was just the gimmick was the champ. You know, they were gonna slap that anti-American gimmick on somebody yeah. and make them champ. Because uh, yeah. I don't know if you ever heard on something to wrestle the episode for WrestleMania Seven. They actually talked about uh, originally they were gonna have um, Tugboat Thomas turn heel. You know, when it, you know he ended up turning heel and becoming Typhoon. But at yeah. first, he was going to uh, turn heel. I think Bruce said it was going to be something like Sheik Tugboat was going to be his name, wow. and he was going to be <laughs> and he was going to be the uh, Iraqi sympathizer. But I guess somebody no, said yeah. that you know that was just that was too far. At least Sergeant Slaughter was a legit legend at that point. Yeah, um, Sheena, what about you? Who's your least favorite champion? I don't know. Like I said earlier, I'm gonna have to go with Sheamus. I've just never bought into Sheamus ever. I just think there's just something about him. He's kind of got that. For me, he's just got that. Uh, Cesaro factor where I'm just like, yeah, he's just, he's mid card for life, you know? So when he jumped up into the main, the main event and won the world title, it's just like, meh. Yeah. 
Just meh. Okay, maybe that'll be the next Chick Foley shirt. Sheamus, just meh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I think Sheamus is an awesome mid Carter. I think he's yeah, you know, he's such a character. He's great in the ring, really hard hitting style. But yeah, I, I could definitely co-sign on that one. I think he's right where he belongs in, in the you know the Cesaro uh, territory of just being a mid Carter that puts on badass matches, which is funny because him and Cesaro actually uh, yeah low key you know all time great tag team as the bar yeah. All right. Uh, so again, Bobby Lashley definitely came in with the assist uh, to help Miz uh, successfully cash in. It's pretty crazy. Uh, Marco dug up that clip of um, MVP back in May saying that he would have a hand in it when Drew McIntyre lost the belt and the prophecy yeah. came true. So kudos to WWE yeah. for some long-term storytelling, whether that was <laughs> accidental or on purpose. Um, but yeah, so now next Monday night, we're going to have a world championship match. Bobby Lashley's taking on Miz. Uh, what do you think, Marco? Is Bobby Lashley leaving with the belt? I don't know because he still had that extra pay per view between Mania. That's the yeah. whole. So I mean, he could win and then you know defend it against you know Miz um, at Fastlane and like you know walk into Mania as a champion. I'm thinking he's gonna lose Monday. Uh, Monday he's not gonna win, and then Fastlane will probably be the the yeah. When he I'm wins thinking it, we get, goes into I'm Mania. We get some kind of uh, we get some kind of fuck finish on uh, yeah. That's gonna Monday. happen. You know? Yeah, yeah. Miz is definitely, you know, he's a smart guy. He's definitely strategic in everything he does. He's got John Morrison hanging out. The herd business has made all kinds of enemies over the past year. Not to mention, Braun Strowman still probably got to be a little bit upset about getting his ass kicked on Monday night. So there's multiple people who are going to have a close eye on this match. And we still got Drew McIntyre working out there. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Drew's going to want to want to get involved also. So yeah, I agree. I think Miz is going to leave with the belt uh, on Monday night. How about you, Sheen? Um, I think. I think he's going to leave with the the belts on Monday, but they're going to have a rematch at Fastlane where where Bobby Lashley wins, which ultimately by some turn of events is going to set up, you know, Drew Drew versus Bobby and then Yeah. Ultimately, my prediction is that they're going to try to like roll back the hands of time and give Drew his like true ish mania moment i mean who would have thought we're still gonna be like you know in this crappy world situation a year later i mean i wish there could be like more fans but i think it's definitely gonna be better than having your mania moment in the performance center you know what i mean yeah. so <laughs> i think uh is that, I is that what you're saying also marco from here to mania yeah probably i mean it, I, I see it going like a couple of different ways i see like a you know at fast lane it could like i'm on monday i think drew mcintyre actually is probably the one that cost bobby last year the match um, yeah, and then for maybe, sure. And then at Fastlane, it could be like they could have a number one contender match or um, to face Miz at Mania, and then something schmazzy happens there, and it can end up being a triple threat at uh, Mania where, you know, if, if neither one of them gets pinned, uh, they can pin yeah. Miz for the title, and both of them look strong, yeah. essentially. It, it can go tons of different ways, but you're definitely looking at a uh, a Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre collision. At, at That's inevitable, I think. That's yeah. That's where it's going. Yeah, somebody else that's still working out there that we haven't mentioned is uh, Bad Bunny. You know, him and Miz, he's been yeah, uh, beefing right. with with Miz and Warson. You got Davey and Priest. So, yeah, so many, so many players here. But but if uh, if it does end up being Drew and Bobby Lashley uh, at Mania, do you think that's going to be one of the main events of one of the nights? I could see that maybe in, like, the night one main event. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think obviously. so, too. And then yeah. Edge and Roman for, like, the night two main event. Because we haven't really seen any of the legends coming back. You know, I thought – I feel like we would have seen Brock by now if Brock was coming back for a match. So I think for the for the first time in a few years, I think it's going to be all like full time people on the roster that are going to be there at uh, at Mania for their matches. Aside from maybe like you know Bad Bunny if he does end up having that tag team match that we've been rumored to see. So 
Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think one way or another, um, it's going to end up being Bobby Lashley coming in with a belt uh, to take on Drew, which is pretty cool. It's a hell of an achievement for, uh, I'm going to call it collectively for the Hurt Business, getting that world title. You know what I mean? I think it's yeah. definitely been a group effort yeah. getting Bobby Lashley to where he's at. True. He's definitely leveled up here over the past couple I'm months. Gonna, I'm going to quote um, one of our buddies, uh, Mike, from the Extra Cooler show, his show this week. He said that Bobby Lashley has the charisma of a rotten apple. <laughs> and I, have, I was like, I felt that deep in my soul. I was like, oh, my God, I feel this so hard. Um, so, Mike, you were, spot, you were spot on with that. But, yeah, the Hurt Business is so um, amazing and so talented and so mage that, like, yeah, it's it, Bobby is naturally going to going to go there and it's going to feel right because he's got the hurt business backing him. And Seth mentioned Edge um, and Edge finally. Well, he didn't officially, but like, come on, he unofficially officially chose his opponent for Mania um, after Roman Reigns beat Daniel Bryan. He got a spear out of nowhere from um, from. Uh, edge to uh, Roman Reigns, and yeah, he pointed to the to the WrestleMania sign. Pyro went off. It was pretty pretty magical and pretty awesome. So yeah, Edge is going to be facing Roman at Mania. Yeah, that was definitely best best sign point ever. You know, <laughs> yeah, he literally pointed yeah. and made fireworks go off. Pretty ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think uh, I I was really hard on Bobby Lashley really since he came back. I've not been a fan at all but you know me and you discussed it uh, a couple months back marco he hit the interview cycle started he did an episode of cheap heat he did an episode of uh after the bell Corey graves after hearing him on there hearing a little bit about his story i definitely started to like him a little bit more he's uh i think he's one of those guys who's got a little bit of charisma but just hasn't really had a chance to to channel it yet on on screen well i'm not Um, talking about him as a person i think like i mean same thing with miz i i think i love miz it's hard for me to separate the miz from the miz and mrs and the you know total divas miz that i like watch right where i know he's a family man and he loves animals and he's a good dad and a good husband um so I love the Miz because of that. So it's hard for me to like di- like diss the Miz because I'm like, oh, he's a good guy. Of course, I, I want to see him be the WWE champion. So I'm not saying Bobby Lashley in his real life has the charisma of a rotten apple. No, we're not saying that. I was just saying that I started I started to like him more after seeing him on those interviews because I know he's you know he does got a, a little bit more to him. Sure, and I think yeah. the last couple of months they've repackaged him to just straight up uh, just kind of show that raw aggression. That's what's really helped him get over and made uh, yeah. that United States title run seem so significant. He's not his ass every week on raw either yeah that you was, know, not that was bend, bending over and doing the, the pose yeah that was kind of weird when they were mm-hmm. yeah, i forgot all about that that whole that was a very dark time that was during the lana bobby lashley era yeah, so uh, yeah. yeah i think we, i think we've all collectively blacked that out of our memories yikes i tell you guys though that was a hit that got viewers that had the eye, no, eyeballs did. that no, was the most watched segment every single week yeah that, that was the main event segment on raw when all that was going on True. Aye, aye, aye. Dark days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for the weekly beverage break where we talk about what we're sipping on uh, while we record the show. We'll kick it off with Sheena. So I'm drinking this new Kona Brew Company. I don't know if you guys can see the can. Beautiful. Got, get you in the summer. The summer feel. Um, it's an island colada cream ale. It's brewed with coconut and pineapple, um, and it's it tastes amazing. It's like a little. It's like an island. It's like a pina colada beer. You know what more could you what more could you ask for? So yeah, I'm I'm here for this. This Kona Brew Company 
Island Colada Cream Ale. Very, very tasty. Yeah, we yeah. picked up a six pack of that last week. It's good. Marco, how about you? Nice. I'm sipping on the uh, some Broken Skull. Mm. Nice. What? How are you going to stun on us like that? <laughs> That, that made one appearance in uh, here here in the Tidewater area of Virginia, and, and then we and then found it, was it gone. one time. It was here, yeah. It actually just showed up in my memories recently. Uh, you know, Seth and I a few years ago we were in San Diego uh, together. Let's try it first time. Yeah, we we went to we drove down to El Segundo, went to the you know brewing company, and uh, had it straight from the teeth. Straight from the tap. <laughs> it was, wow. yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was so good. So yeah, um, I, I really <laughs> who says that? Straight from the teat. Straight from yeah. Stone Cold's teat. You got Straight it. from Stone Cold's icy cold teat. <laughs> okay, I'm drinking. Uh, Mark, you may have heard of this one. This is from up in your neck of the woods. Uh, Narragansett. Oh yeah, uh, Dale yeah. Sandy. Yeah, so Gansets. I was in Rhode Island for, uh, yeah, exactly, Gansett. That's what's telling you if you're up there. Don't say the whole name, just say me a yeah. Gansett. I was up in uh, <laughs> in Rhode Island for about a month for work in 2018, and uh, I got turned on to their lager, and then I was in um, I was in the liquor store there and saw this, and I've always liked Shandy, so yeah, I definitely had to get some of this. Uh, and again, they had it at Wegmans here locally. It's the first time I've seen it down in Virginia, so... Grab it. It's very tasty. Super, yeah, it says right there. It's refreshingly different, and that's the truth. So if you're around the East Coast, you got a chance to get some of this, go for it. All right, let's tie up some loose ends uh, from the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, Sting actually got physical, aside from just taking a powerbomb. We saw him come out and go on the offensive, mm-hmm. uh, laying waste to Team Taz, hit a stinger splash, hit the Scorpion death drop. Uh, Darby Allen had that awesome entrance coming down on the zip line. Uh, Marco, what do you yeah. think of seeing Sting? How do you look? Um, I mean, it's Sting. I mean, it's a, he's a, he's moving. He's not the most, uh, he's not fast. <laughs> he was he's mobile. not as fast as agile as he, as he used to be, but, uh, and I, I think the whole thing flash looked okay. He got some decent air on it. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people thought he was, I mean, he, was he kind of like, oh no, he wasn't hot. Ho- I thought he was hobbling when he first, but he was dragging that body bag. So when yeah. he, when he first appeared, I was like, oh my, I was like, oh my God, his back's like, ruined because of Brian Cage but then you know, I was like oh he's dragging thing but no he looked good I mean I'm, I'm glad he's still you know I'm not sure how physical he's gonna get in this uh in this street fight at Revolution but um yeah. I mean if, it, if that's any indication of what he can do then I mean I'm all for it I mean it's it, we're obviously we're you know we we want him to be in the best of health when he's because he's up there in age obviously and these guys are a lot younger a lot faster and stronger but um you know I think it's kind of like we, we want to be selfish as wrestling fans and we want like, you know, Sting to go all out and be that Sting, yeah. but you know, I kind of want to think, um, I don't, I don't think he would be doing anything that he hadn't, you know, they're not going to force him to do anything that he doesn't approve. I don't feel like, you know what yeah. I mean? As, as far as like, you know, the culture of AEW from what I understand, like, I can't imagine them being like, hell yeah, you're going to get out there. Uh-huh. You're going to take a buckle bomb. You're going to take a power bomb from freaking Brian Cage. Like, you know, all these things. So I don't think. Don't forget about, think about Matt Hardy. Like the time Matt Hardy took a twenty foot drop onto a concrete floor and they said, No, go yeah, go finish the match. Yeah, let's just roll this back. I'll be like, forget forget what I said. Uh totally totally forgot about it. Yeah. in your defense, Matt Hardy probably doesn't remember that happening either. (laughs) True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marco, I think you were right, man. You know, when that match first got announced, I thought for sure that it was going to be uh, some sort of cinematic situation, but I'm starting to think it's going to be in-ring. You know, Sting looked yeah. pretty tough. We saw him take a powerbomb. 
he hit all his he hit all his shit uh, this past week. So yeah, I think we're going to be a legit uh, normal match, which is surprising. It's crazy because Sting is sixty one. He's actually older than my dad. You know, so I was telling Sheena, I was like, picture my picture my dad getting power bombs like that on TV. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's hard for me to watch. You know, it's almost just like you know when when Daniel Bryan first started wrestling again and stuff, and he would do big moves. I'd be like. You know, yeah. like every time, every time I see Sting take a bump, I'm like holding my breath, like, oh god, this is it. You know what I mean? Even when Brian Cage had him up, I was like, oh my mm-hmm. god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> and he, it was not like it. It didn't look like a uh, Brian like, Cage didn't hold nothing back. No, he didn't. Exactly. It was a little tip power bomb. Yeah, man. he like slammed him down. You know, Sting hit uh, that mat, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I feel like there's somebody better he'd be working with. You know, because Brian Cage is all about high impact moves. You know, think about his last yeah. match he had with. Uh, with Darby Allen, he wrecked Darby. You know, yeah. Darby yeah. somehow stole the victory. You know, let's get, let's sing it in there with the Young Bucks or you know even yeah. Jericho. You know, yeah. let's like sing Jericho go at <laughs> something like that. Um, but and if he pairs off with Ricky Starks for most of the match, I, I, I think he'll be safe. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it's going to be interesting, and, and I agree because I love Sting. You know, Sting's in my top five or six favorite wrestlers ever. Uh, super cool. We got to meet him at at WrestleCon in Orlando at WrestleMania 33. Very nice guy, mm-hmm. um, and I wish nothing but the best of him. You know, it's awesome that, like you guys mentioned, he's going to go out on his terms. I just hope uh, that he is able to get the send out that he's looking for this time, and sure. doesn't end up having to, you know, limp out of the ring like he did back at Night of Champions, yeah. 2015. Uh, the other big thing uh, that we saw was uh, the old Buck, Papa Buck, ended up wow. getting, uh, you know, looks like he got like damn near murdered on. Looks like he got damn near murdered on. AEW by MJF and Chris Jericho. I mean, that got dark, man. Yeah, that was like a, a Cody Rhodes match. Yeah, there that was, was so that was a level of violence we don't normally see. That was like straight, like you know, B B movie, like action villain type stuff. Yeah. You know, where they held him <laughs> up and he's just he's just knocked out with the the blood. You know, it was clearly fake, which actually I somehow made it better that it looked so phony. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, they laid him out. Super, he's got some serious heat on him for for this match at Revolution. Uh, what what did you think of it, Marco? Oh man, it gave me shades of uh, John Cena senior uh, back in the day when uh, he was taking some, <laughs> he was taking beatings from everybody. Um, yeah, Ms. yeah, Dad. it was, uh, it, it was, was shock. everybody's beatings. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's true. Um, but yeah, like I said, that was another shocking moment. Like you said, it looked kind of phony after after a while. But uh, I wasn't expecting them to like, you know, completely like destroy Papa Buck like that. I mean. I mean, he, he, he shoved him. He shoved Chris Jericho. That was it. it wasn't, I thought that was the end of it. Like, you know, you get my face, I'm going to shove you. I'm going to stand my ground. I wasn't expecting him to, you know, bring them in, in into the into the fold and, you know, make an example out of him and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, any old, any old timers get, get hurt on TV and with his blood shown, it's, it always, it always hits my heart. That's why, that's why I was, I was scared for staying a little bit when I, <laughs> when he went out there, but, um, yeah, yeah no, leave the elders alone, man. Yeah, you know? especially Papa Buck. He's like the nicest guy. He does all their music. Exactly. Yeah. If you watch Being the Elite, he did the, the theme all for the, that. All, all those catchy ass tunes, it was all him, man. Yeah, man. You yeah. got to ruin that guy's musical brain doing that. Jesus. I know. And they, and they set it up, you know, at the beginning of the show because they had like, you know, uh, Mama and Papa Buck, and then they had the Young Bucks, and they were like taking pictures beside like the track, the trailer with like their name, yeah. the other you know, pictures on it. They're like, they take a picture, you know. And then all of a sudden he's like slamming him, and there's like blood going down Nick's face, you know, from the handprint. So, yeah, they, they really set that up to be like a holy S word moment moment so all right and then on nxt the big thing coming out of it is in two weeks we're going to get the one-on-one uh women's championship match we've been yeah. waiting for tony storm versus eo shirai sheena what's your prediction 
Man, Eo's been the champ for a while. I I mean, it's hard to bet against her because she always ends up coming out on top. But, man, I love me some Tony Storm, too. Uh, I think Tony's going to take it, dude. I think Tony, oh, wow. I think, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, I'm getting ballsy with my predictions. I just got to, like, throw stuff out there to try to, like, you know, <laughs> re- re- regain my championship. So I'm just, I'm just practicing right now uh, with my with my bold predictions. So I think Tony Storm has a ha, could definitely take it from from EO. Marco, what do you think? Is EO's title reign going to come to an end? Um, no, not on TV, no. It's their first time Jeez. facing each other, right? Like they never face yeah. one-on-one. True, yeah, yeah, so I'm going to go EO. I'm taking that and then maybe if they do like a takeover, you know, after media or something like that, maybe she'll lose it then. But I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't see EO losing on regular TV unless they're just going for like a shocking, like a shock well, moment. Do, to get do we have it on the schedule? When is the next? Um, we need to look up when the next NXT. I think is. I think there's going to be some NXT matches on WrestleMania, um, but I don't know when oh, the actual yeah. next takeover is going to be because now that WrestleMania well, yeah, is three they, nights, there's true. no takeover. Well, they're not going to have time to set up. You know, uh, I don't think EO versus. I mean, they got a whole other month, so. Oh yeah, I guess it is farther out yeah. than I thought. But they can still. continue the storyline, yeah. Uh, also got some breaking news. So tonight on NXT UK, Gallus finally lost the NXT UK Tag Team Champion. Yeah, they lost them to uh, Pretty Deadly, which I know absolutely nothing about. Marco, are you familiar at all with the tag team of Pretty Deadly? Um, I know they're very attractive guys. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they're actually great in the ring. And they are, I'm not even joking. They are, have you seen what they look like? They are... Very attractive. No, That's, yeah. yeah, I uh, yeah, I have not, man. I just uh, you know, I said it's kind of my uh, it's really kind of one of my biggest like regrets as as a wrestling fan right now is not watching more NXT UK because that kind of wrestling and the storytelling they do on that show so is right up my alley as a wrestling family. That's the kind of stuff I love. It reminds me of you really kind of like the early years of NXT before NXT really blew up when NXT was still yep. kind of developmental. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a little bit of like NWA power vibe mixed in it also, you know, just low key, simple stories and then awesome matches once it gets in the ring. Um, but no, I have, I have not watched it uh, as much as I yeah, should. They, they're like, uh, they're like you know, models. They're like they're beautiful. beautiful models. Yeah. They're, they're beautiful. <laughs> they're pretty, um, the, they're deadly the, and pretty. The blonde, yeah. The blonde one has a man bun, which I'm here for. You got, you know, I love me a, a good man bun. He's got like, Perfectly placed chest chest hair. Okay, I'm I here so for it. Gallus, you know, they had an assist from uh, from the pandemic breaking out, but they held these belts since October fourth, two thousand nineteen. So they went yeah. a, a year and uh, four months hold, holding the the tag team title. So that's yeah, a hell of a reign nowadays. The UK wrestling. champs get some staying power, dude. Yeah, I mean Walter's <laughs> won in almost two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're stingy with their title reigns over in the UK. But yeah, Pretty Deadly has defeated Gallus for the tag belts. Uh, once we wrap up here, you know, as I'm putting the the finishing touches on the show, I'm definitely going to throw on this week's uh, this week's episode of NXT UK, and I definitely recommend you guys do as well because they are doing some great stuff over there. It's just not a lot of eyeballs on it. All right, it's time for our top story of the week. Big Show is all elite. Yeah, I think uh, like most wrestling fans, I thought this was like a hoax or something or just a joke picture that that somebody put together uh, when this news broke. Big Show is just. He seemed like such a WWE lifer over the years. This month actually made 22 years that he's been with the company, but it's official. He's going to All Elite. He's going to be doing a little bit of commentating, a little bit of wrestling. Um, Sheena, what did you think of the move? Like you said, when I saw the when I first saw the graphic, I was like, oh, th- I don't know why people would think this is funny. You know what I mean? Like I didn't. I was like, I'm not in on the joke. What's happening here? So then I looked it up, and legit, it was like Big Show is All Elite. Like it was posted from <laughs> AEW's Twitter account. So. Um, 
you know, you know, knowing what I know now about how, you know, he wanted to commentate and stuff and it just, you know, WWE didn't have a place for him. Um, I'm all about going, going where you want to go to do what you want to do. I mean, Big Show is not a spring chicken. Um, if he has an opportunity to go somewhere and do something that he wants to do and he's passionate about, like freaking go for it. Like I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the move. Um, I do think it's, you know, I mean, he's going to be, from what I understand, he's going to be commentating on a new show that AEW is rolling out on Mondays, which is going to be on their YouTube channel. It's an online only, um, you know, product. So it's just going to be YouTube, uh, YouTube exclusive. Um, so yeah, it's called Elevation Monday. AEW Dark Elevation. Yeah. It's basically going to be like their C show. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if that's what he wants to do and that's what's going to make him happy, I don't know what his end goal is, um, you know, or what kind of bag he got for going over to AEW. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) you know, and I mean, we've just seen it so often with Big Show, you know, he comes out, you know, for all these different, you know, one off appearances, you know, and he's just he never really has a consistent character. So I just think, you know, if this is what's going to make him happy, he doesn't have to take any bumps and, you know, do all that, then, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Marco, what's your all-time favorite Big Show moment? We got 22 years worth now to pick. His all-time oh favorite God. Big Show moment in WWE. In WWE, I, was, I thought you were going to stretch yeah. it to WCW. So I'm I know, it, it does feel like, yeah, I feel like he had. Um, I still feel like his run in WCW is much more memorable. I don't know if it was just because I was a kid when it was happening, but I feel like I can think of like you know six or seven awesome things he did in WCW, or WWE it gets to be a little bit more of a stretch because yeah. it was a whole lot of upper mid card kind of monotony, you know, mixed in there, but. But if you had to yeah. take with something that sticks out. I, I think you'd have to go with the debut. Um, yeah. With the big show at, uh, at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Day Massacre. Yeah. yeah, him, him uh, breaking through the ring and throwing Stone Cold out, allowing him to to win the match, turning the whole side of the cage into a, a giant door where he just swung out and won. I mean, that match was already pretty epic. Um, he sent Stone Cold to WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Stone yeah. Cold swung in and dropped he, down. And he, that was he literally Stone threw him. Time. He threw him into WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, that, that that would have to be it because it was that was that was shocking. I didn't. I mean, I read dirt sheets and stuff back then, but not like not to the point where I knew he was going to appear. Um, yeah. And then like him talking about it too. He he like he was under that ring for like forever. Like <laughs> if he came, uh, yeah. when he was like under there like pretty much the whole match and maybe even before that. Um, he said he had like food and stuff under there and and waters and stuff. And then when the time came, he actually he couldn't even really hear because he had to like listen for some type of cue. He was supposed right. to pop up or whatever, and uh, he uh, he almost missed it at that point. But yeah, no, that, that definitely has to be my because just seeing that live was like the most yeah, shocking. Thing. Like, Holy yeah, shit. yeah, I still distinctly remember. I was at my friend's house, watched that on pay per view. It was pretty wild. I think yeah. I probably had to go with uh, on SmackDown that time when uh, Rey Mysterio was strapped to the the gurney, and Big Show just picked up the whole thing and swung him like a baseball bat. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the post looked like he killed him. I still don't know how Rey Mysterio didn't just break his face when that happened. Man, that was that was one of the like. <laughs> That was an extremely brutal spot, you know, that I think it's kind of gotten lost in, in, in this, the sands of time or whatever. Maybe because it was just on a regular I mean, episode of SmackDown. But yeah, I've never Smackdown? seen anybody take that bump like that. You know, he's from the, you know, he's basically Big Show's chest height, which is probably about six and a half feet up. And he got got dropped straight down on his chest and face with nothing to break his fall. I don't know. That one was brutal. Raise, yeah, raise a G for wild. taking that one. Yeah. Yeah, SmackDown was wild back in the mid 2000s. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, obviously everybody was stunned by the big show. Taking away the guys who we know would never leave WWE, like Cena or uh, you know Roman Reigns, mm. who would be your most surprising uh, AEW signing, Shane? So does that exclude Undertaker too? Yeah, Undertaker's retired. So well, I mean, you can always come out of retirement. I mean, wrestling you're never you're never actually retired. Money talks. Um, <laughs> money talks. That's right. <laughs> 
most surprising AEW um, signing. So can, can it be somebody that's active right now? Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah. Oh. I mean, we don't got too many rules. I said I, t- I took Cena and Reigns and Undertaker off the board. You got the rest of the wrestling universe to pick oh, from. I have my yes, pick. most surprising. I mean, for me, it's, it would be like if if Seth Rollins jumped ship and went over to. Uh, to AEW. Yeah, see, I, I feel like I could see Seth jump in in a heartbeat, man. Like, after you see everything that Dean's gotten to do, I I wouldn't be shocked if Seth jumped, especially if, if Becky Lynch isn't there at WWE. What, what, what's your pick, Marco? So I'll probably go with Randy Orton uh, jumping yeah. over. Yeah, Randy ship, Orton's yeah. a, good, a good pick. There was some, like, low-key, there were a little bit of, like, whispers, you know, I never mm-hmm. got the full federal. There were some whispers that they were going to go after Randy Orton, yeah. That was, like, yeah. back in the summer, right? I think I remember when that was, like, kind of going down, because he was he was having some, like, back and forth on Twitter, right? Yeah, and then he yeah, ended up uh, resigning with WWE. Yeah. I, I could see that happening, though. Even if it wasn't necessary for a full run, I could see Randy Orton coming in for a big match at a pay-per-view, just a one-off with mm-hmm. them. But, yeah, Seth, like I said, I still think Seth still got a whole lot of, uh, like, indie bloodline in him. I, I could totally see Tyler Black showing up. In uh, in AEW, like same way, yeah. same way Mox did. Yeah, that Randy Orton would be surprising, man. Randy Orton, he's just he's same as Big Show. You know, he's been at WWE yeah. for so long. Um, what about you, Seth? If I had to pick one that would be really surprising, I would say um, I'm gonna go with the Colognes. You know, the Colognes have been at WWE for like 25 years. Everyone's <laughs> oh somehow somehow they survived the cuts every year. They've been like Los Matadores. They've been just straight up the Colognes. They've been yeah. the shining stars. I don't know. Carlos Colon has some kind of dirt on Vince McMahon that keeps these guys <laughs> under contract. So I, you know, I think when when Undertaker has already burned his bridge, and they get rid of the Undertaker, the Colognes will still somehow be on the on the uh, WWE yeah. roster. They're still there right now. I haven't seen them on TV in probably two years, but those guys are there. So uh, yeah, uh, anybody at this point, nothing really truly surprises me in wrestling. But yeah, seeing the Colognes pop up on AEW Dark Elevation, I think would uh, would really stun me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's time for Go Figure. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, Go Figures, where we talk about the latest in wrestling figure news and what we've added to our collections this week. This segment is sponsored by Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide retailer of wrestling figures. Make sure you use code Chick Foley. For 10% off on everything you buy at ringside, Marco, take us away with figure news. As always, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I think, uh, uh, Sheena, you posted about this, uh, the WWE Wubble Rumblers. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah they, look, they look pretty cool. They're, almost, they're like inflatable uh, wrestling buddies almost. Um, mm-hmm. they, they showed an assortment of them on that, that ad, but it looks like it's, uh, I want to say, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, uh, John yeah. Cena and there's someone an Undertaker. else. Undertaker, yeah. And then there's like a Big E I seen in that ad as well. Uh, but yeah, they look pretty cool. Ad, I mean, Randy, uh, Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, Undertaker, Stone Cold, and Big E were the ones that were on this this advertisement. Yeah, yeah it feels like uh, I was doing some research on it on Target.com. There's already like a wobble line. Like there's some like generic like wobble like boxers and sumo wrestlers and stuff. So it looks yeah. like they just added some WWE licensed product to it. From what I can tell, it's going to be exclusively at Target. Yeah, so. and it says, so, you know, it's not just strictly like an inflatable, like a beach ball. It says it's made from squishy, squashy, super soft and lightweight material that is way more elastic than typical inflatables that make them the ultimate play fighting accessory. Yeah, these things look like they're going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm definitely, three feet tall. Yeah, we're definitely going to keep an eye on it. Add a couple of these for, mm-hmm. uh, 
for for the Brett man, our our, our three year old son, because he, he loves getting the wrestling buddies down. Like he mm-hmm. loves grabbing like Hulk Hogan and like the Finn Balor wrestling buddies. But you know, I, I, I'm not telling <laughs> any of our audience anything they don't know. Those things are worth some serious money, so they're not necessarily something that you want mm-hmm. a uh, a three year old playing with and you know spilling his chocolate milk on and everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. I, actually, uh, I, I was actually kind of questioning the uh, the material that it was made of. So I'm thinking just inflatable. Mm-hmm. Um, like wrestling buddies, they'll definitely pop or, yeah. or break if they someone tries to you know do a dive off the. Off yeah, the top I think it's going to have some, definitely <laughs> some sort of like internal bladder that like obviously pumps them up, but then it's got like that like um, stretchy, almost like you know spandex type of material okay. on the top is what is what I'm thinking, you know. Um, but yeah, they're going to be cool. We're definitely getting one for for the Brett man just to try it out because these are like 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 Seth said, they're right in his uh, his wheelhouse. Yeah, I might do that just to save myself some uh, some injuries so my kids aren't jumping on me all the time. So <laughs> I'm ended up investing investing in a bunch of those. Yes, um, for myself. Um, moving on. Uh, so our our friends over at uh, Legends of Lucha Libre uh, they announced that they're uh, doing Wave Two of the Fanaticos. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be featuring uh, Vampiro uh, Torres, who I spoke about, uh, who actually is on Impact. Um, as a part of the faction, I'm not sure if you guys got to see Taurus, scary looking dude. Um, and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna pronounce the end of this gentleman's name. It's Pedro Aguayo, and uh, mm-hmm. Ultimo Dragon is the the last announcement that they had. So yeah, that actually was get good. an Ultimo Dragon. I, a lot of people are saying like, oh, we need that premium version of it, uh, which did, yeah, I'm assuming that's gonna happen. Yeah, that's what says it. <laughs> yeah, they they, they it, with all the belts too. You need all the definitely need all the belts with so you can recreate that picture of him. Oh, yeah. titles and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, what do you guys think? yeah, what do you guys think? I'm of this, the, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big supporter of this line. You know, obviously, I'm a little bit more interested in the, the collector's edition line, but yeah, I already got wave one of the Fanaticos on pre order. Um, as soon as I see pictures of these, I'm sure I'll probably end up ordering all these two. I'll definitely be getting Vampiro and Ultimo Dragon. And if the uh, if Taurus and uh, Paraguay look cool, I'll be grabbing those also. Um, but yeah. Got to support all these different companies out there. The more wrestling figures, the better, is what I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it, it, these are these are most mostly like personalities and superstars. You're probably not going to be able to see in other lines. So definitely having a line all like this and being able to get your hands on these figures is definitely a plus for all, all collectors out there. You got any, any, uh, any, any you got any luchadors you want to see them do? Mark oh up? man, like I said, definitely Ultimate Dragon. Uh, definitely waiting for a. Uh, an original Conan when he first uh, came into the into the game. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me see. I want to see Laparka. Laparka, Hooventude. Also, got to come with the steel chair. Oh, cool, yeah. So Hooventude's coming out in Fanatico's Wave mm-hmm. One. I got him for yeah, right. I've been, been for like the, the yeah, I've like the premium, the yeah. premium line. Yeah. Um, I would yeah, see I mean, Conan they, in like the OG Conan form when he first came in. Then oh, you know, we gotta get a K Dog figure also. That would be awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, they yeah they, yeah. they have a ton of different different uh, superstars that they can tap into, which I'm super excited for. Um, <clears throat> next on the line, not not super excited about this uh, voting, but hey, what can you do? Um, so it's the uh, <laughs> WWE Elite Fan Takeover Ultimate Edition uh, Triple H is coming out. So you have the choice of three. To vote for King of the Ring 2000, Survivor Series 2006, or WWE Super Showdown 2018. This reminds me of like you know it's it's like nine o'clock on a Friday night and you're just chilling at home. 
you never really got any food in the house and you're hungry, but like the only convenient options are, you know, it's like Mickey D's, maybe like a Wendy's and, you know, I don't know, like a, a, a really super ghetto Burger King. Like none of them are really, you know, all, all three of them are cool. You know, once you, once you get them, it'll be good and you'll end up liking it. But none of them were sparking any kind of excitement, man. And when, yeah. I, when I saw these choices, I was just like, what the heck? Obviously, uh, you know, we love our buddy Action Figure Attack over at Mattel. Um, we love everything that Mattel is doing yeah. with the WWE line. It's really incredible. And really, especially in the last two years, like start, it, it, they were already like, I would say the best wrestling figure line ever. But in 2019, they really leveled up. Once they kind of oh, hit yeah. their stride with the true FX technology, the lines have just been killer. I mean, you've seen the value, you know what I mean? It's been brand new figures that within six months, they're going for 80 bucks plus, um, on eBay. So yeah. they're killing it. But with this fan takeover, Ultimate Edition line so far, I have not been inspired by any of these choices. Even the Shawn Michaels, that was probably the best set of choices they gave us. Even those were kind of like, like Sheena says, yeah. Uh, and, and same thing with this one. You know, I saw these and I'm not really super excited to have any of these. So obviously, if the finished product looks cool, I'll probably still grab it. But um, none of these, none of these three were in my top 500 most wanted uh, action figures. How about you, Marco? Um, yeah, I mean, I I made a choice on Twitter. I, I went with uh, I didn't actually vote, but if I had to choose, I was going to go with King of the Ring two thousand, um, just because that was kind of like the almost like the rise of Triple H in that yeah. sense uh, that year. Or so um, where he you know what at WrestleMania and all that stuff. So um, the Super Showdown twenty eighteen. I mean, we already have kind of like an old Triple H um, in the, in the Mattel line already, so really don't yeah. need that one there. Survivor Series 2006 uh, with the DX gear was looked pretty cool. Um, I would probably that would probably be my second choice if I had to go in yeah. order. It'd probably be in that exact order. Probably King of the Ring 2000, Survivor Series 2006, and then uh, Super Showdown 2018. So, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's I mean the the voting on this one in particular didn't really catch my eye as much, but there. Uh, the, the figure's going to look great regardless. Yeah, I mean, they it are, is going to be a, yeah, it's yeah. Gonna be a great figure. That's no doubt. I wish they would have done maybe maybe um, instead of the SummerSlam 98, it's going to be a uh, in the upcoming Elite line. Maybe have that be um, in the Ultimate Edition. You know, that's been such a wanted figure for a long time. Yeah. I would say that or even, you know, I'd be down to get the the, the OG, the Greenwich Blue Blood, you know, the Connecticut Snob uh, Triple H in Ultimate form. The only figure we have of that is the the network spotlight from back in 2016 from Toys R Us. So yeah, that'd true. be kind of cool to get an ultimate form also. Um, yeah. I don't know. These choices are like, like, like Sheena said, man. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'll move on. Uh, so, so some ringside pre-orders uh, that popped up. So we have uh, the Triple H. Speaking of Triple H, uh, he's all over the place right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely the Triple H heavy this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's actually in. I think he's actually in the basic uh, one nineteen as well. That's also uh, for pre order. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, tri- yeah, the black suit actually. The NXT, I call him NXT Triple H. That's who, yeah. who's in that line. But Dad, uh, yeah, Dad so, Triple H. Dad Triple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have uh, so Triple H versus Jeff Hardy, the Elite Two Pack. Uh, which looks pretty cool. I like I like the packaging because it it mm-hmm. has the uh, the throwback SmackDown uh, logo on and stuff like that. Um, and these elite G- for the the people that buy, are buying these figures as an investment. These elite two packs have gone up big time on the secondary market. Oh, I yeah. was uh, 
I was searching around looking at the Roddy Piper Mr. T two pack the other day. Yeah, these things are going up in value big time because ringside, even though they're not ringside collectibles uh, exclusives, they've really ringside's really been the only place you can get yeah. these things. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, um, I kind of I missed the boat on the first few of them. Um, the I don't think I actually no, I didn't get the Finn Balor and AJ one. I didn't go for the Samoa Joe and uh, Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio at all either. Yeah, I think I kind of like skip skip those ones there, but uh, but yeah, no, they they are definitely like kind of climbing up there, uh, kind of like the Ultimate Edition did when it first came out. A lot of did people were just like, eh. "Yes, I did." The, yeah, yeah, with the, uh, the 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 old school belts and everything. Yeah, the yeah. ringside exclusive one. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yes. Um, but yeah, they uh, they I, I, like the same thing with the Ultimate Edition when it first was announced and they were first shown. Like everyone was like, "Yeah, we're not sure we need these," but yeah. as soon as they like. Hit your hands Donna. if you obviously if you're you're not MOC and you open it up and you actually like see the figures in person you're like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever and then just yeah, Dougie like, oh, Nunya uh, in our in our group on Facebook he actually had basically the whole collection up for MOC uh, MOC up for sale earlier this yeah. week so because he had a loose collection and an MOC collection yeah he let go of his MOC collection yeah dang That's, I know yeah, right. Was like, <laughs> He must have made bank off he, of that. He, geez. Needed, he needed, yeah. He needed more money for micro brawlers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, he's like, man, yeah. I got, I got to unload some inventory because if pro wrestling team is going to be doing me like this on the micro brawlers, <laughs> we'll have to get some more funds. <laughs> if, if if you're going to be a completionist, you got to, you definitely have to pick a line that you're going to be completing because yeah, you go crazy if you're going to try to be a completionist in, in multiple different uh, yeah. series and different lines and stuff like that. Yeah, you have crazy. all these figures, but won't have a house to keep them in. Just That's be right. out on the street in yeah. your shopping cart full of figures. That is also just, true. Just, yeah, just build you a shelter out of the boxes. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. stack them up and like you know, <laughs> live, live in your house with figures. Oh man, uh, but yeah, for the so the other pre-orders they have are uh, the showdown uh, two packs. Um, so you have uh, Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, Matt Riddle and uh, AJ Styles. And John Morrison and Kofi Kingston. I want to say the AJ and Matt Riddle is from SmackDown that they had, I think, last year. Uh, They've never had a pay-per-view match, yeah, so it had to be from SmackDown. Because I think I I I went on a streak saying, like, when he debuted on SmackDown and he had that match with, I think, uh, John Morrison, uh, Matt Riddle, and then the following, maybe the following week or the week after, with AJ Styles, I was like, those are probably the two best matches they could be like ranked yeah. as two of the best matches of the year. Um, yeah. At John Morrison and Matt Riddle matches, I still go back and watch it. There, it was it was almost like watching NXT, like an an early NXT match on SmackDown, like the the hard hitting moves that they were doing, and you know they obviously the the, the uncanny athleticism of John Morrison at his yeah, age as doing all those parkour yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, dude, it it was pretty insane. Um, still floored by that. Yeah, definitely. That's not my retro pick, but definitely. Go back and watch that. It was it was uh, late last year, I think during the summer when uh, he debuted. Um, but uh, after that, we already spoke about this. So basic one nineteen is also up for pre order. Um, I believe that's Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, yeah, he's Lacey definitely Evans. the highlight of it. Yeah, and then uh, the, the Triple H. I, Triple I was H. nervous because this basic one nineteen. We didn't see uh, there were there weren't pics of it until very very close to the actual release. I was afraid that they were reworking the. Uh, the DJ Kovac figure to be a T-bar figure. You know, I thought maybe mm-hmm. they throw an old shield, uh, maybe throw an old shield vest on there and craft up some kind of mask to make him into T-bar. So this is probably going to yeah. end up being the only <laughs> chance we get to be a DJ Kovac. I can't yeah. imagine 
I got to imagine if he gets an elite, it's going to be as a, uh, as T bar. So, so yeah, um, I'm definitely jumping over that one. That'll probably end up being the only figure that I add from, from this set. How about you, Marco? Are you looking at anything from 119? Um, maybe, yeah, definitely the, uh, Dominic figure. Um, Maybe the 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 Papa Triple H one, just a just a heavy yeah. NXT version of of Triple H with the all with the all black uh, suit, everything like that would be pretty cool. Fingers. That would be pretty cool to do. Came with a pointing finger, you know, like to yeah, do the classic like, yeah. TK photo. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I got the yeah. suit Triple H from the battle pack he did with Daniel Bryan back in like I think 2015 that came out. Yeah, I wish you could but, uh, yeah. with the uh, with the. The, the basic series ones, maybe you can like, because he obviously he's not going to have the finger point, so maybe you can like remove the hand and add a, add a pointing can, finger yeah. and just do it. Yeah, I did yeah. hand removal on my, uh, the basic Firefly Scott, Funhouse Brain that came out. Yeah, I did a, uh, <laughs> I did a hand swap on that one. I, I, I took the hands out and put some of the elite hands in and they fit fine. So yeah, you can do it. it it's a little bit harder to get the, uh, the the hands out that come with the basic but you can you can definitely swap them out i did that with my brain it, it looked pretty good uh, marco what did you add to your collection this week uh let's see so i actually have them next to me so i can actually show them on camera um so i, I so i received the uh some of the ufc uh uh series one from from the one seth phelps um, oh nice they got their right hair man yeah they their hair right here so um Connor McGregor, awesome. Um, Israel Adesiana and Uriah Faber. I actually have um, Amanda Nunez and uh, Jorge uh, Masvidal coming in the mail. I actually got the, nice. the uh, I actually got the Chase one too because um, it has that like one of one thousand sticker on it. Um, and I believe that's like the first ever like Jazzwares like Chase that you can actually get on on ringside actually. So. Yeah. I mean, I would who's, definitely. Who's your uh, Who's your most wanted UFC figure now, now that they got the scale ironed out to match up with these? Who's Who's your most wanted UFC figure? I got oh, two man. in mind. Definitely, uh, definitely Anderson Silva. I have to. I have to have a, uh, a a scaled Anderson Silva, one of the one of the greats, if not the greatest ever. Um, let me see. I kind of want to Chuck Liddell too. Yeah, Chuck Liddell would be cool. Yeah. Definitely, definitely Daniel Cormier. Yeah. yeah, so to get the Marco custom going. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I mean, for me, man, I, I want Khabib. I want Khabib, Khabib with the big sure, blonde yeah. afro. We need him. And I don't know how they could work it contractually. I think, as far as I know, he's a free agent right now. I'd love to see a UFC Brock Lesnar. Dude, I think that would be well, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping they do like kind of like a Legends line for the UFC yeah. series. So uh, Jeremy and Imagine getting uh, uh, Hoist Gracie. <laughs> yeah. Always yeah, so he, with the and everything. Ken Shamrock, yeah, that that would be pretty awesome. Another right? Ronda figure, yeah, yeah another Ronda, Ronda. Kimbo Slice, outside, yeah, Kimbo. Like, yeah, they could, they could, they could like literally go back to UFC one, and there was a bunch of legends in like those like very first like um, like brutal <laughs> brutal oh, fights yeah. uh, that they could. Like, and, and it was like the King of the Ring, but legit, man. It was a one night tournament, man. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Can you imagine that. nowadays if you're in a tournament, so you don't even know who you're going to be fighting? Not to mention you're fighting three times in one night. Like it was oh ridiculous, man. The original UFC was so freaking incredible. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I, one of them, I think, because uh, my my birthday's on New Year's Eve. I believe one of them was either on New Year's Eve weekend. Yeah. Um, one of the very very first UFC, um, and I remember I ordered it, and I remember like watching it all because it went like well into like it started like late in the night and like went well into the next day. Like it was yeah, like it, no it was an all-night tournament. 
Yeah, I remember uh, those like those first like the first super fight. I remember had, there was Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie. I remember that thing lasted like thirty five minutes, man. And there was no rounds. These guys were just grappling yeah. for like thirty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was crazy, man. Like yeah, the original yeah. UFC was off the chain. Yeah, um, and then for uh, Ultimate Editions, I'm pretty sure everyone has has these in already. The uh, yeah, we have less Lust, lusty Lust, edge. edge. Yeah, yeah. lusty edge. <laughs> Lusty, sultry eyes, edge. He actually is. He's, he has a little smirk to him as well. Oh, yeah. Like he's like smirking oh, at yeah. you through the package. He's ready for it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna probably keep him in here because he's kind of scaring me. He might take over my household. <laughs> yeah. He's he's Netflix and chill, there. Edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then obviously the uh, the Macho Man. I'm assuming you guys got these. What do you guys think of these? Uh, in, in hand, I haven't opened them up yet. The uh, the edge the edge is definitely um, the best edge that we've ever gotten. That figure looks awesome. It looks even yeah. better in person than Dead Online. Macho Man figure is cool. I just to, to me, there's been so many iconic Macho Man matches and attires. Like I don't know why for the Ultimate Edition we went with um, just a random Saturday Night's main event. You know, I feel yeah. like if anything, I feel like they kind of ran back. WrestleMania Seven, Macho Man, you know what I mean. Um, give us the, the true ultimate edition of that, um, or even go back to some of the '80s look with the robe and stuff. But it's cool, you know. It's definitely a great looking figure. It, it's going to pop on the shelf with all that color, and I do like that it's a little bit of a throwback to the Hasbro Macho Man that came with the jacket and cowboy hat and yeah. stuff. Anything all else right, this week, Marco? Yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's all I have in the that I got in the mail. So uh, yeah, up to yeah, you guys. So- so just like you, we got uh, the UFC Series 1 and Ultimate Edition 8. Really happy to get both of those sets. Um, I picked up the Hasbro uh, Mountie figure from Yestertoy 757. That's a local nice. um, vintage for like you know, collector's toy store that they have here in Virginia Beach. Really cool store. Um, anybody that's in the hobby knows that a lot of times those old, those old stores like that are just kind of a mishmash, you know, a little bit of a hot mess once you go inside. Um, shit's everywhere. There's no real organization, but yes, toys is not, you know, it's a nice clean store. It's a, it's a place you really want to spend some time in going through the stuff. And the, uh, the, I've, I've gotten to know the owner over my last two visits there. He's a huge wrestling fan and he's very knowledgeable on all the figures. So I, I was, I scored the mounting for a steal. This dude's in like mint condition, very, very little paint wear. I got him for 10 bucks. And then I know this is sacrilege to some of the, the hardcore Hasbro collectors out there. I was able to find a 3d printed replacement shock stick, for seven bucks on eBay. So I got that. Cause you guys know the Mountie with the OG shock stick goes for like 50 plus dollars on eBay, but I was able to get something that's going to look just as good on my shelf for like 18. And since I'm not a super hardcore Hasbro collector, that that's good enough for me. So yeah. I picked that up. And then last but not least, uh, we got the entire AEW, uh, series four right here. And we're going to have Sheena do one of her patented, um, live reviews oh, this is on the air. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> do it so our friends jeff and scott you know they do points of articulation we're gonna do chicks here so sheena's gonna look at the figures um i'll hand them to her and she'll give each figure from one to five chicks so we will start off with santana so sheena what do you think of santana so i'm loving this santana figure i love the additional head sculpt that comes with the the eye patch um his his ring gear looks awesome. He's got the, you know, the overalls that are, you know, flopped down, total like, you know, early 1990s style. Like the Molotov cocktail. <laughs> he's got a, the Molotov cocktail. <laughs> we really need, we really need Sue's like van to go along with this. Yeah. It's like, you know, look, it actually looks like a, you know, tennis ball and some socks. Uh, <laughs> is what it looks like. But yeah, he's got a, uh, 
you know, his, his tattoo paint apps, the paint or the sculpting on his pants, everything looks, everything looks phenomenal. Um, I, I'm loving these, you know, Santana and Ortiz figures for sure. So how many chicks do you give it? Oh, I give it, I give it a five chicker. It's a five wow. chicker. Wow. Yeah. So setting the bar high, start off. So perfect five. Well, we're we're, talk, we're talking about just out of this series, right? Like, you know, or out of the whole AEW line. We're so talking we, about the entirety of wrestling figure history right no, here. Folks. Okay. So, no, okay. So how many chicks do you give it then? You can go decimal I, points too. You don't got to be just one through five. You can just throw some nuance on there. <laughs> I'll also give it a five. I'll stick with my OG. I'm not okay. going to backtrack on Santana like that. All right. Ortiz. Oh, this is actually better though. I like <laughs> <laughs> how am I going to be? So why, are you, why are you going to the Delta scale? You know how he gave uh, he gave Omega and Okada like seven stars. Yeah, so she was already breaking yeah, the scale. Yeah. Okay, so Ortiz Ortiz looks dope. He's also got the the uh, you know overalls that that are flopped down. Um, he's got the towel hanging out of the front, and you know inner circle T shirt. Got an additional head sculpt with a you know bandana and some some dreads. But I love. I'm, I'm here for the the fro. I love the big the big fro head sculpt. He comes with a chancla, um, and uh, you know an additional set of hands with with gloves. Does he got the toe shoes also? And he's wearing five finger toe shoes. Yeah, he's got five finger toe shoes. Are his uh, so um, yeah. Santana's overalls? You know his pants go all the way down. Then you know we got we got Ortiz here with the crops. He's wearing the Euro style um, overall. So. Yeah, I give I give this figure a five too. I think. Wow. Uh, okay. So the first two figures on the uh, the wow. new library feature are both getting five chicks. Um, hey, for those uh, for those listening right now, uh, we didn't want to start the show with it because it's still a trial feature, but uh, this is most likely going to go up on video on our Patreon feed. So Sheena's holding up all these figures on the camera stuff. You can check them out as we're doing them. And yeah, uh, so that's something to look forward to. That's going to be exclusively on Patreon. We're going to start posting these video ones if we can work out the uh, the technical glitches. Hope, yeah. We're still kind of working it out. So and we'll get our lighting and everything set up so you guys can actually see these figures better clearly. Up next, we'll go with Broken Matt Hardy. What do you think of this one, Shane? I mean, the figures the figures mage. Um, you know, we already have a, a Broken Matt Hardy from the WrestleMania Elite line. Last yeah. Year. Um, I don't know. I feel like this might be like a, a touch better than that one, but I think it's you know. a lot better. Yeah, because this is when you think broken mat, you think of the black and red. This is kind of the most yeah. iconic look. The one that they gave us was from when he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. It was the white and gold gear. Um, one other cool feature, you know, they also gave us Vanguard, the Phantom DJ, DJI drone, mm-hmm. and with the but theirs was uh, Mattel's was just a flat plastic silhouette. This is actually a head sculpt and. I just learned because people are just now starting to unbox these things. There's actually articulation on that. The head moves wow. on the uh, the little insert that you can stick in uh, in Vanguard One. So that's insane. Pretty freaking cool. Um, I got a sentimental. This is this one always hit on the sweet spot for me because it's the same drone I have. The drone that Matt Hardy uses is the drone that I have that I use for fishing. So it was always pretty cool to get that in figure form. Yeah. So he's got his you know he's got his delete finger you know on in the box. Uh, comes with two additional sets of hands. Um, he's got his like trench. Uh, what, what, that's not duster. I guess duster is the proper the proper terminology. Um, looks amazing. Uh, I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with a four point five on four point five uh, for Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy, yeah. Mark, are you? Do you got any of Unrivaled Four in yet? Not, not yet. No, I'm on the. Uh, I'm on like the fifth or sixth wave of the. Which so. ones? Uh, did you order the whole set, or which ones did you order? I got the whole set. Um, nice. I just did them separately, just just so like. They all like show up on time <laughs> and order them all at the same time because um, they're yeah. all like different time frames that they were going to be available. So, yeah, I think I got the whole set of that because I mean, definitely wanted that Kenny Omega with the yeah. that gear on Kenny Omega's. 
pretty awesome. That's probably like my favorite um, gear that he has. Pick it up. So yeah, there it is. Yeah. Unrivaled four Kenny Omega. This is the third Kenny Omega that we've gotten in the Unrivaled line. We had uh, he was in Series One in the black and purple mm-hmm. with the jacket, and then he was the exclusive figure that came with the the real scale ring and the the black and green uh, DX type gear. Uh, so, what do you think of? Series four of Kenny Omega. Well, I, I love the colorway on this uh, Kenny. It's like gold and bronze and silver, very metallic. Um, so I, I like that. Um, the face sculpt is okay. It's not my favorite, I don't think. Uh, I do like that they got his hair right. Our original Series one Kenny was one of the early ones. And he's like, you know, looks like Elvis with his like, you know, Stark black hair. <laughs> I don't know what he had going on. I don't know what he had going on. The hair on. was fixed by the time the ring, the yeah. exclusive figure came with the ring. The hair was fixed on that one. Yeah, yeah it was definitely they, better. They a running change too in the first series. Yeah, there was a running change on yeah. the hair in yes. series one also. So they did do a running change, but unfortunately, our series one Kenny is one of the. Uh, he was first run. Yeah, the the dark the dark black hair. So um, I'm going to give this figure mainly because of the ring gear. I'm going to give it a three point five. Um, other than that, it's just. You know, it's just okay for me. Okay. Thoughts? Uh, I like this Kenny. I think it's the best Kenny they've done so far, really because of the uh, the head sculpt and everything. I actually like the head sculpt a lot. I think it's the best they've captured Kenny. It may be more, like Sheena mentioned, it may be more the hair than the actual head sculpt. The vest is really cool. You can't see it. We've, we've still got all these MOC right now, but you'll see yeah. once you open it up. One, The back half of the vest has got the the feather texture, you know, as uh, is, is an homage to the one-winged angel. Um, I think it's definitely the best Kenny we've gotten so far. But as you guys know, I'm not the hugest Kenny fan. Um, so Dave Meltzer, cover your ears if you're listening right now. But I think it's a cool figure. I'd probably, you know, I'd probably give it maybe three. Would you give it 3.5? 3. 3. Yeah. I'll go 3.6. Oh, okay. I see how you are. <laughs> All right. So next up we have Cody. Another one of my favorites. This is Seth's absolute favorite figure. He was so stoked to get this one. Um He's wearing his Thronebreaker shirt, which we all know is one of my favorite things that Cody has done since he's been on AEW, um, is, you know, break that um, Triple H-esque throne with his big sledgehammer. <laughs> it wasn't Triple H-esque. It was it Triple was H from Fear to Halloween. Yeah, it was so yeah. – uh, it, it did make an awesome shirt. The shirt is super cool. I think it's one of the big reasons why I actually like this figure. I think it's the best Cody figure they've done so far out of the – I think we're up to like 26 Cody figures so far. I, right, Marco? I like the blood and guts Cody a lot. Yeah, but um, I uh, I did not like that moment. I thought it was just such a it was cheese such a try hard. Ball. Yeah, it was a yeah. very cheese ball try hard moment. And that's back when you know they've done a better they've done a better job kind of like breaking away from mentioning WWE or like you know alluding to WWE every freaking week. But that was back oh, in yeah. the early days when they were just like constantly taking jabs and trying to think they were like too too cool for school and like you know trying to just like every everything that wwe did uh aew was talking about it and i just i hated that when that was going on back then so um i'm a little bit hard on this throne breaker like Seth said the shirt looks mage the moment was repug um to take from our friends over at cheap heat but i'm gonna give this figure a three i'm not the biggest fan of lime green like that's just not like my my colorway so the lime green and silver really doesn't appeal to me um the face scan the smiling cody with the open mouth yeah, it's it's just it's just meh for me. <laughs> I actually like this Cody. I think it's the best Cody they've done so far. Again, we've had we got plenty of choices to go off of, but uh, very cool figure. The shirt looks amazing. Um, I like it. I'm a fan, which is really tough for me to say. And the other cool thing is, 
I think this is going to be the last Cody figure we get without that awful neck tattoo. So yeah, uh, this is going to be your last chance yeah. to get Cody without that uh, that horrible, horrible tattoo yeah, that he's rocking. Not All right, so last up, we're going to go with the uh, the standout from AEW Unrivaled Four. I think this is definitely the most wanted figure. Yeah, Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Gina, what do you think? So we got Sammy Guevara with the hit me up sign. Um, he comes with the shades. <laughs> he's got his uh, signature tongue out uh, facial expression on a black leather coat, uh, black boots with gold trim. Uh, he's got like, you know, the gold trim on his trunks. I love this figure. I think it's awesome. Um, I'm going to give it a five just because it was a definitely missing piece for the collection. I'm glad we're rounding out the inner circle. Um, we still have a few, we still have a couple missing pieces, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for, uh, to have Sammy in the collection. And who, who are the chases on this set, Marco? Isn't, uh, I think, uh, Cody's one of the chases, right? I believe so. Huh. I can't remember what the chases were for. Know. I think Cody was, I'll look him up real quick. Let's hit up, uh, our buddy D freedom on Instagram. But I was going to, I was asking that because I think they missed a golden opportunity. I think we need to chase Sammy Guevara with a super oversized, um, Yes. Inner circle, inner circle jacket. t-shirt. Oh, was it the jacket? Yeah, it was the oh, jacket. jacket. Remember, yeah, when, yeah. remember when MJF got inner circle the jackets and MJ, and Sammy's was like three sizes too big. Yeah. Imagine if they did that yeah. figure form. That would be I awesome. Think, yeah, I think it might I think be it was Cody and Matt Hardy. I think Cody, Cody and Matt, Matt Hardy, Hardy are the two chases. Yeah. yeah. Matt Matt's Hardy, got like yeah. a different a different ring gear underneath. And then yeah. uh, I think Cody's just a uh, Cody's got gold pants instead of the uh the black and green. So yeah, Cody? really good set. Oh, Jeremy, oh, yeah, yeah. Great friend set. of the show, Jeremy Pidauer has been true to his word. The AEW line has improved um, set by set. And I just, I really, I'm a beyond stoked to see what they do with this line in 2021. It's going to yeah. be incredible. And we yeah. have some, we have some awesome figures coming up, man. I mean, we got Luchasaurus on the docket. Oh, we yeah. got Jungle Boy coming up. Yeah. I mean, series five looks like it's going to be even better than series four. Yeah. So, I, I I was kind of, I was actually a little bit lukewarm when we saw the lineup for series four, but after I got these figures in hand, I was like, okay, these things are freaking awesome, and it's great because you know I think Mattel is still the the industry leader without question, uh, but they're putting a little heat on them. You know, we're gonna get double jointed elbows in the Mattel line, which someone needed for a long time. So uh, yeah, I'm, this gives them a reason to step their game up. I mean, yeah, how long? How long would, yeah, how long would it have been before um, Mattel was like, you know what, we need to add additional articulation to these figures. We need to like you know yeah. step it up a little bit if there wasn't another you know player in town. I think it really just helps you know, push everybody forward. Just like we talked about, you know, when AEW was coming, it was becoming a thing, you know, more wrestling makes all wrestling better because they have to, there's competition in town. So, yep. you know, there's more, more things for people to put their eyeballs on. So um, I, I love it. El Idolo. All right, it is time for Quarantine and Chill, and we actually have a new sponsor for this segment. It's going to be brought to you by Verb Energy Bar. Sheena, tell us about this yeah, new product. Verb reached out and wanted to sponsor the show, so I'm super excited because, you know, um, we don't need energy drinks. We can have energy bars. Actually, we can have both, but I love uh, I love these little guys. They're clean ingredients, you guys know. Um, uh, in my alter ego, in, in kayfabe, I'm like a hippy-dippy, you know, <laughs> nutrition nerd, so they <laughs> clean ingredients. 90 calories, 65 milligrams of caffeine. So they have about as much caffeine as an espresso shot. So if you're sitting in your office having your midday slump, uh, you need to pick me up, pop one of these. Uh, they're super awesome. I love, they just launched a new peppermint mocha flavor, which is like thin mint. If you like Girl Scout thin mint cookies, 
it's Ooh. it's the jam. So um, you can use our affiliate link. You can get your starter kit, which is a full bag of Verb Energy bars plus four additional bars for ten bucks. Um, and I'm super excited to have these guys on board to uh, to sponsor the show. So definitely take a look at the site. Like I said, we'll be posting the link in the show notes. Um, and yeah, so quarantine is chill is now brought to you by Verb. And nice. uh, you know, I think they got. You, we've talked about it before, but just to remind the folks. We have a one-year-old and a three-year-old that are both full of energy, and this is what you use when you need a boost. Keeping up with those two little oh yeah, I could drink, I could drink coffee all day. Like I'm a coffee addict, but like you know, it's too acidic. It hurts your stomach, and I I gave up energy drinks for a long time until we did sleep training. I did not, I had not had an energy drink from 2016 until last month. (laughs) So it had been years since I had drank. I had drank anything in semblance of a Red Bull or a you know. full throttle or anything like that. So I used to be a hardcore addict on those things and I gave them up um, cold turkey. And yeah, so I supplemented with, you know, verb bars are awesome. Um, and then obviously coffee, but yeah, so definitely those, if you know any teachers or healthcare workers, uh, this is a great gift for them because, you know, they've, they've had a tough year and they need, uh, they need a little pick me up. So get them some verb bars and, uh, you know, help, help out your fellow teachers and your educators and healthcare workers. All right, before we get into the recommendations, we got a little bit of quarantine and chill news. Uh, A&E announced that they're going to be hitting us with some wrestling content later on this year, actually starting up in April shortly after WrestleMania. So it's going to be two different series that are going to run for eight weeks apiece. We have uh, Biography, WWE Legends, which the A&E Biography series, that's been something that's been going on since I was a kid. They pick a different uh, celebrity or historical figure in. Just do a deep dive of what they got going on. So uh, some of the people included is going to be Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, Ultimate Warrior, and that. But then also there's going to be a WWE Most Wanted Treasure series yeah. that uh, they're going to have Aaron right after, which looks to be pretty cool. They're going to be hunting down different pieces of memorabilia. It's hosted by Triple H and Stephanie, so it's definitely going to be a uh, you know it's going to be a corporate approved show. Yeah. So I don't know how you know how in the nitty gritty we're going to be getting. You know I don't think we're going to be getting any. Uh, any paraphernalia from any of, you know, like China's like post WWE career or anything like that. Um, <laughs> We're not going to get Al Snow's head. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly <laughs> what it's going to be, but it should be pretty cool. Uh, Marco, what, what's your take on this upcoming uh, A&E content? Um, it's, I mean, they're pretty familiar. So if you, if you watched, uh, I mean, early 2000, late 99, early 2000, I think A&E actually did a few documentaries it on yeah, the WWE stars. Week. Yeah, I remember that. That's the first thing I thought of, man. That's funny. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to nerd out too much and be like, yeah, I, I remember when they did this before. But yeah, yeah. I, I remember they had Mankind, <laughs> I Mankind and Owen Hart were the two that I remembered. And I, yeah. I, I want to say, say they showed Wrestling with Shadows during that week also, the, uh, yeah. the Bret Hart documentary. I think that was like the end of it. But uh, but yeah, I yeah. definitely remember the Owen Hart and Mankind biographies during that. I can't remember who else they had, but yeah, th- this think, isn't the first time they've done this. Yeah, I want to say Stone Cold they did, maybe. And uh, maybe, yeah. uh, I want to say Hulk Hogan, too. I could be wrong. Um, yeah. Or something, or someone, uh, I forget who it was. But they, yeah, they did a few of those back then. So The Owen Hart one was really, really good, man. That yeah. one hit you right in the feel spot. That one was rough. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, so they do have the history with A&E. Um, yeah, no, I'm super excited, obviously. Warriors in it, so I'm assuming it's A and E too. So they can they can kind of get you know a little nitty nitty gritty if they want to with, with their documentaries. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to show, and uh, it just adds on to my to my speculation that they're trying to like get Dark Side of the Ring out, out of here, as the we like to say, oh, with all the uh, the icon show with the documentary show. Like they're trying to 
take as many of those superstars and do documentaries on them before you know Dark Side of the Ring gobbles them all up. So, but but yeah, but super real, you know, you know, Dark Side of the Ring. I mean, people are still going to watch Dark Side of the Ring because they're bringing oh, yeah. like you know, obviously, like you know, we can't be sure how much of it is like you know one thousand percent truth. I mean, there's always like you know three sides of the story, but um, they're going to give you the dark side. Whereas, yeah. <laughs> whereas yeah. anytime you're getting stuff from WWE, it is a little bit you know fluffy. Um, and, and a little bit feel good, even even on their darker, uh, you know, segments. And I, I like it because, um, you know, I, I actually like this because for the WWE guys, for the most part, I know damn near everything there is to know about them. I like it when Dark Side of the Ring was doing the non-WWE, WCW stuff, like when they did the yeah. UWF episode, um, the episode about Dino Bravo's death. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the stuff that really kind of gets me going and gets me pumped up more so than, than rehashing stuff the like, the, like the Montreal, the Montreal Screwjob or like Brawl for All, you know, so... Uh, more content's always better, and and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what A and E can crank out. Um, Sheena, tell us about Young Rock. So I have not watched Young Rock yet, but after I heard that, like you know, 5.13 million viewers tuned yeah, in, the millions, <laughs> the millions, and millions of the Rock's fans uh, tuned in, and so this is like you know a little biographical look at his life. Like it's going to go in different chapters from his childhood up through college, you know, playing football into his wrestling career. So it's super cool. What I think is awesome, you know, is there are so many people in the world right now who do not know the rock as a wrestler, right? Like they don't even have any idea that the rock ever had anything to do with WWE. They just know him as the rock, you know, the guy who does all the movies. It's been 18 years since he was a full-time wrestler. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, it's really cool because I think, seeing you know so many people are going to be watching this that i think this could bring so many new people into the wrestling fold you know when they see because you know anything that the rock is involved in it's going to be funny it's going to be entertaining um it's going to be well done um and based on the numbers that this first week pulled out i mean clearly people liked it and the reviews that i that i've seen so far have been extremely positive so i think this could be a really cool way to you know cross promote and get more eyes on wrestling um really kind of bring a whole new audience into the into the fold especially women you know i know women are going to be watching the rock in everything that he does you know what i mean like the ladies so it would be cool you know to get more lady fans into uh into wrestling and you know kind of stoke their fanhood a little bit you know margaret did you get a chance to watch young rock yet i did not uh i was actually talking to my wife yeah i was actually uh talking to my wife about this um you know the the idea that they're actually that this show is actually on and uh, like you said there's a lot of people that didn't know that you know the rock was a wrestler let Mm -hmm. alone did he grow up with multiple kind of like the way he said like he had Mm -hmm. multiple fathers in wrestling he had so you got to see like the likes of junkyard dog uh, yeah, he's a, he's a multi-generational. Yeah. yeah. So he, all these all these guys raised him. That's the other thing. Like he talks about this all the time. Like he grew up in wrestling. Like all these all these men and uh, and women yeah. uh, that are around him, they like they raised him as along with his father, like his uh, uh, Rocky Johnson. So like Andre the Giant, like you said, uh, Junkyard Dog, uh, uh, the Wild Samoans, like um, yeah. even Macho Man's in it. Like all these all these personalities. You, you, if you're not a wrestling fan. And you obviously you know who the Rock is. Now you're gonna be able to you're gonna you know open your eyes. You're gonna be able to see this um, firsthand that you know this this guy that you see as a as a megastar um, in Hollywood actually was a wrestler and actually grew up in the world of like his life is wrestling. Like his, yeah. his childhood all the way up to now. <laughs> wrestling created him. Yeah, WWE yeah. created the Rock. You know, and you know as the megastar. I mean, obviously he's 
an insane workaholic and, you know, all yeah. those things. I mean, that's, I'm not taking anything away from what he's been able to accomplish because I mean, we see there's tons of people out there that are incredible talents in WWE, but you got to have that extra little, extra lot of something oh, yeah. to be like, yeah. to be like the rock. But yeah, he definitely took what he was given in WWE and, you know, put the rocket strap on it and sent it to the moon because I mean, it's just incredible, like how I mean, he has like what, like two hundred million followers or something yeah, on he's Instagram, the first ever like on Instagram, yeah, yeah to hit it's, that mark. It's, yeah, it's bananas. You <laughs> know? Also, a, a little Chick Foley trivia and my personal claim to fame. You know, she didn't talk about the rocket strap. I was there when they were building the rocket. You know, the uh, the first Rock's WWF debut in Corpus Christi, Texas, at a Superstars taping. I was in the house. Nice. Me, my little brother Tad, uh, and our best friends RC and Dustin. We had fifth row seats in the dark match. Of this Superstars taping was—I want to say it was Flex Cavana versus Jerry Lawler. Uh, but the wow. Rock—he wasn't Rocky Maivia. He was still Flex Cavana. Wow. And he came out, and I don't even think—I think I was just kind of half-ass paying attention to it. And then it was uh, about eight months later when they started showing the little videos, hyping him up for his debut at Survivor Series. I was like, hey, I think I remember this guy. And then uh, early days of the area, I got on Pro Wrestling Illustrated's website because PWI used to publish all the house show results in addition to the TV stuff. And sure enough, yeah, he was Flex Cavana um, there at Corpus Christi, Texas. That was his debut. So that's, uh, you know, that, that's my little bit of trivia for the night. So, Marco, tell us about Friends from College. All right, so uh, the show, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's only two seasons. Um, the, the writer um, was not able to do a third season. I didn't get to like dive deep into why not, but uh, they kind of wrap it up in the second season. Yeah, that sounds kind of ominous, man. You said well, he was unable it, to. Like somebody broke his fingers and he couldn't write another season or well, what? Maybe, I don't know, maybe. I mean, maybe they didn't How give him the budget. How many seasons was or, it? Two. Oh, well, you know, it's notorious Like after the second season. Isn't that when they do like a – Three seasons is usually when Netflix cancels their shows. Oh, okay. Because like, yeah, yeah after, after three seasons, they, they the have to give people – The royalties get to be too high. Yeah, they have to pay yeah. the people like too much money. And they're like, eh, is this really worth it? And then they yeah. like, give, people, <laughs> give people the axe. They probably did. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just – I was telling my wife because she was like super upset that they only did – two seasons of it i was like well i was like if, you, if you're watching you like uh like british television a lot of their shows are like that either like one or two seasons and that's it they never come back yeah, so the original the season, office, i think so it was like, only like 16 episodes yeah so like i was like i'm kind of for me watching like a lot of like british television um on netflix and stuff like that and other beans i'm kind of used to like the two season and i kind of like it like if you can wrap it sometimes if a if a series goes longer than two seasons or three seasons yeah you know it, it it gets kind of crazy, so I kind of I kind of like the fact that they it's only two. Um, I yeah, it's I'm, a, I'm a fan of the yeah. I'm a fan of the limited run series. I agree with you on that one mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's about eight episodes a a, um, a season two. Um, so basically, uh, let me let me read the synopsis so I don't give a lot of it away. So it's it's actually it's 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 kind of like it's drama, it's comedy, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of comedians. And actually, Fred Savage is in it too. Which is uh, oh, nice. you get to see Fred oh, Savage. I love Fred Savage. Kevin Arnold. My, my wife does too. She's like, she's like, oh my god, I love him so much. He's, uh, the, but, cutest, uh, he's the cutest thing. Yeah, in the we're, whole we're actually watching Wonder Years right now. That's yeah. a, that's one of our shows nice. we're watching right now. So mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. So basically, it's about a group of friends uh, that are you know they're from Harvard um, and they're you know they're they're going into their forties. Um, they uh, later on, obviously, they're in their forties now. They reconnect after twenty years of being apart from each other, and. Um, Obviously, there's like there's a lot of different. Some of them dated each other back then, and like there's some of them are married now to each other, and all this stuff. So it's a lot of like complicated things like that. Um, but also the the star of it, who I who I love, um, is from uh, uh, Key and Peele. If you ever watched 
uh, that show. So Keegan Michael Key, he's like yeah. he's pretty much a star of the show. Um, he, he's he's awesome. I I think he's like one of the funniest dudes like in comedy. Um, but yeah, he's he just he just makes the show like he he he's a he has a he has a great um like uh, dramatic presence as well. Like he can do some drama. I'm surprised he hasn't. I'm not sure if he's done any uh, type of like drama movies, but usually a lot of comedians can't do that. They can like turn off the funny and do like really serious roles. Uh, Robert Williams is like a um, like a key in that. He would he would do a lot of yeah. drama type too. movies and stuff like that. Adam Sandler is great at that too. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a really good show. It's a it's it. Like I said, it has laughs, it has tears. I didn't cry at anything, but it makes you sad. It makes you happy at some points and all <laughs> stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, no, it's an awesome show. Definitely recommend it. Like I said, it's it's a short watch. It's a half hour too each episode. They're not an hour okay, long. Easy watch. Um, yeah, so it's an easy watch. Two seasons. Um, it's some laughs. Netflix. Like I said, yeah, Netflix. Some laughs, some tears. I think it might be on like one of the top things. It's one of those shows that was on TV and then it like ended up on Netflix and now it's like the number one or number two show on Netflix because of, you know, people want to see it because, you know, why did it go off the air? But no, it's a really, it's a really good show. Definitely recommend right. it. Cool. So Young Rock and Friends from College. It is time for Random Merch of the Week. This is where we scour the dark corners of the internet and eBay to find you new items that we have not seen before. That uh, you know, Some are cheap, some are expensive. Uh, last week, Marco brought us the, the ring gear from Marvelous Mark Merrow. That was pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, we had a much more economical <laughs> choice this week. But first, I want to remind you that this segment is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Tees. We just launched our Chick-fil-A Show Mania shirt this week. It looks awesome. Order it now. Uh, you'll have it in time to, to wear to your WrestleMania parties because you're going to need something for both nights this uh, this year. Mm-hmm. So you better be repping yeah. Chick Foley show at least one for at least one of them. <laughs> so the item that I stumbled upon this this week, I can't remember what I was looking for. It came up randomly in a search when I was browsing for something else, and I was like, okay, we got to use this. So it's from 1990. It's by a company called Superstar Collectibles, and it is a Hulk Hogan cooler cup. All right, so uh, we'll throw a link to this in the show notes so you guys can check it out. It's still sitting on eBay right now for. Uh, $39.99 for the opening bid. This thing's, uh, you know, I suppose you could call it MOC. The box has definitely seen better days, but it is still in box. So it's three products in one, all right? So it, because it includes a removable freezer gel cup. So it's basically, it's like a koozie, and then it's the, the three products that it's advertising. So it's a koozie. It's got like a gel cup in there. If you guys remember those from the 90s, those, yeah. those gel mugs you could get that you yes, could freeze. freeze them. So it's one of those, so you can use like a koozie, and then it's got like a lid and a straw, so you use it for like a standard, like, you know, straw, sippy cup, cup. and then also you just take the lid off and use it for, to hold your ink pen, so that's one of the, uh, (laughs) one of the functions is a pen holder? Yeah, they call it a pencil grid, so on the box that says, yeah, it says three products in one, comes with a removable freezer gel cup, pencil grid, Plastic seat, which that confused wow. me for the longest. So what they're talking about, plastic seat, is basically like the plastic thing to put it in if you're going to use it for like a pencil holder or whatever. I was, yeah, I was racking my brain, saying like, how the hell does this thing turn into a seat? You know, how would you? <laughs> it includes a squeeze <laughs> bottle, the carrying strap, and a certificate of authenticity. Because if it's one thing that chaps my ass, it's when yeah. somebody tells me that oh, my yeah. superstar collectibles 
Hulk Hogan cup is fake. Yeah. Um, so check this thing out. It's pretty cool. It's actually got soft goods. So it's basically a Hulk Hogan cup. You know, it's got the standard yellow Hulk rules, but then it's also got these. He's got like, little ventriloquist leg. Yeah, like, you know. exactly. Yeah, he's got the little soft goods <laughs> legs within plastic shoes. So Wait, there, is there another one? Is there another a different brand? Like Yeah, I think I think this was a licensed thing. I think they had multiple celebrities because the back of the box just has a generic one. And shows all the different uses for the. Uh, How would you just want this thing? random oh, white guy on your like? Yeah. Cup? <laughs> well, I think that's just the generic one to show you. I'm, I'm assuming these guys had all kinds of uh, celebrity licenses. Yeah, I'm sure that you know there may be a Michael Jordan one out there. There's no telling. It looks like this was so definitely bad. a thing in the early '90s. But yeah, like I said, it's, it looks like it'd probably be a pretty badass koozie with the uh, gel cup. But I don't know how. I don't know if that gel would still activate and work. You know, 31 years or how later. toxic it is 30 years later. <laughs> I mean, it's like it'll turn your drink into like some sort of nuclear so bomb. Here, here's something Ugh. interesting on the back of this box. You know, I don't know who the copywriter was for these. So for the uh, um, the squeeze bottle, that section of it, it says it includes a squeeze bottle for juice, milk, soup, tea, which who the hell, what fucking psychopath <laughs> is out there drinking soup out of a squeeze bottle? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Well, these have those, All right. like, <laughs> it kind of looks like those like thermoses. Remember those thermoses with like the yeah. little... A little cup at the top, like the, the so cap would be but, the cup. but this is a straw. This is a squeeze bottle with a straw. Yeah. It says soup. So yeah, if you want to drink your yeah. chicken noodle soup, this is a product for you. But here's the thing. So it says squeeze yeah. bottle for juice, milk, soup, tea, almost anything. So if it's good for soup, I want to know what's like the almost anything that it's not qualified for, you know. But anyways, yeah, uh, check this thing out. It's definitely a unique item. That will be in our show notes. You still got two days left, and it's still – there aren't many bids yet. Send so. an offer. Yeah, send this guy Somebody an offer. From the Foley family Check it out. Thing. It's it's pretty freaking you wild. This is a pencil cup. Um, and again, it does come with a legit <laughs> cif, uh, certificate of authenticity from Puppet Cooler Industries. So, pretty oh, wild. Man. Yeah, I'm definitely do some research and see who else there was available in the uh, the Superstar Collectibles line. All right, Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week. This segment is brought to you by Chalkline. So with that being said, it is time for our Chalkline check-in of the week where we ask the heel husband which of his 60 pair of Chalkline shorts he is rocking for this week's episode. So heel husband, what are you wearing? So I'm going to channel my inner Michael Cole and say that it is boss time. I'm rocking the Sasha Banks shorts. <laughs> These things look awesome. My favorite color combo for like you know sneakers and clothes is like black and royal blue. And that's what these are. They look great. They are the only, um, you know, female uh, that's represented in the Chalkline shorts oh, line so really? far. Oh, really? I didn't realize that they were the only Yeah, they just shorts. they just dropped some uh, some Street Fighter Chun-Li shorts this week also. A lot of good Street Fighter merch. So if you're a big fan of uh, Capcom or anything Street Fighter, hit them up because they got some jackets and some really cool shorts dropping this week there on Chalkline. And there's always some amazing stuff coming out every single week. So yeah, stay tuned to Chalkline's Instagram. Um, we love those guys. It's super timely because she just did her interview on the Broken Skull Sessions, which was really good. If you haven't gotten yeah, a chance to listen awesome. to that yet, it was uh, it was actually really, really good. You still can't convince me that she liked that Broken Skull IPA, though. No, that seemed very forced. It was very forced. I don't, the mark of when she took a drink of that beer, did she she goes, here, I don't know. You she, was like, oh, I've been, she was like, oh, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting this. for this. And then she said, this is what I wanted. And then he cracked it open for her. And it was like foaming at the top. <laughs> and she went, mm, mm, mm. 
<laughs> that is good. And, and I was like, I've never seen some, somebody so weakly drink a beer in my life, especially in front of Stone Cold Steve. IPA is not, you don't even drink an IPA. IPA is not something that like you take a sip and it's like, mm, mm, mm. it's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's like an acquired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, I, I, I feel it's like an acquired taste. You know, you got to drink it and just be like, "Yeah, that's good stuff." You know? Yeah, it's yeah. like a slow. It's never nothing that like knocks you off your feet. You know, it's she didn't like take. A, she didn't take another no. single drink of it the entire episode. Like she did not. drink Yeah. Yeah, she it's did not strong. drink anything. Uh, but uh, other than that, other than her poor beer drinking ability, um, it was the, cool. The interview was awesome. I, I loved how I loved how confident she was. Um, oh, she's you know, great. just yeah. I just I just thought her whole demeanor was was really was really badass and definitely played into her her boss persona. So I, I was yeah. here for it. If you haven't gotten to watch it yet, it's definitely worth your time. You know, uh, not to totally hijack our segment here, but while we're on the Sasha Banks topic. Um, it really is like one of those sliding doors moments. You guys remember back in uh, like 2019 when she was gone for like months mm-hmm. and it was rumored she wanted to leave the company. Yeah. Thank God that she stayed because obviously 2020, her and Bailey along with Drew McIntyre really carried the company. Gosh, and yeah. Sasha has been like the highest levels of over and just as awesome as could be since she returned. Mm-hmm. Um, think if she would have left it with the AEW. You know, we all know as much oh. as we love AEW over here, we know how awful their uh, women's their women's division, division has yeah. been. And I can only imagine that she would have got lost in the shuffle over there since then. So thank God that she ended up, uh, yeah. you know, Vince McMahon ended up um, talking her into staying. And it's definitely worked out for the best because she has been on a hell of a run since she came back. 100%. All right, Marco, what is your uh, retro pick for this uh, this week? Oh, man. This is like a, if you did not know, I mean, some people may know this if you're like indie fans and stuff like that, but a lot of people probably didn't know this. Yeah, I've never watched it though. A lot of people did not know this match existed. So when you talk about, you know, the best wrestlers of the world all in one ring, you're thinking like, no, that that would never happen. Like, no, no way. But uh, in 2008, in 2008, this did happen. So I want to say the main, I'll, I'll start off with the main event of this, of this card. So it's from ROH. It's ROH bound by hate, uh, the year is 2008. Um, so the main event of this, ma- of this, um, of this mat, of uh, this pay-per-view was, uh, Kevin Steen or Kevin Owens and El Generico. You know who that is, um, against the Briscoe brothers, um, oh, wow. to retain the ROH world tag team championship. That was the wow. main event. Um, yeah, that sounds pretty badass. That does sound yeah, badass. So, so the match I picked, it wasn't that match, but definitely go back and watch us. The match I picked was a, a triple threat dream match, if you will. Um, this will probably never happen um, again that I can think of. I mean, it, uh, never say never in the world of wrestling, but I don't think it will. Um, so Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, for those that don't know. Um, the American Dragon. Yep, American Dragon versus Kenny Omega versus Tyler Black, a.k.a. Seth Rollins. So all three of these talents in 2008 were in a ring together. That's um, insane. And if you think if because uh, it was 2008 they weren't good, uh, you'd be sadly mistaken because oh, this yeah. match is amazing. Uh, definitely go watch it. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was really at his peak in, in this time. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. It was. It's vintage. All like all their styles, like who they are. And obviously, they're you know they're more advanced now and all that stuff. They have their own personas, but like you could like watching this match, you could see like them like 
their individual yeah. selves. Like Seth uh, Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins or Tyler Black. Like it's his move set. Like it's him yeah. being him. He's not trying to be anyone else. Kenny Omega, the Kenny Omega you know and love, same Kenny Omega that you see now, just a little bit obviously younger. Yeah. Um, Daniel Bryan, like like you mentioned, Seth, like at the peak, um, American Dragon, Daniel Bryan, like you're seeing all these guys, but at a younger age, so they're a lot faster. They're doing a lot, you know, a lot of different like crazy things. Yeah. Um, uh, the spoiler alert: Daniel Bryan did win. He did defeat Kenny Omega and Seth Rollins in this match. Um, but yeah, this 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 was like a, a mind blowing. Uh, I was like, it's like 15 minutes, I think, 15, 16 minute match. So uh, short, Is short watch. Is it on YouTube or did you find it on Daily Motion or where'd you find it at? Uh, I think it's on it's either on Daily Motion or YouTube. Just search. Okay. Just search yeah, we'll check uh, it out this weekend for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely it's 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 an awesome match. Like he's like just seeing all three of those guys in the ring together was like, holy crap, this this actually existed. Yeah. Like the three yeah. probably the three top like wrestlers in the world, if you want to just take them yeah. three and yeah. put them in a I'd match together. I say it's those three and Dolph Ziggler, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> You guys know how fond I am of Dolph. Oh, but no, yeah, definitely, yeah, th- yeah. Those, yeah, those three are definitely in any conversation for the best wrestler in the world. You know, you got yeah, AJ Styles and, and Will Ospreay. You probably mix in there, but but yeah, Ray hell Phoenix, of a match. Like, Will Ospreay. Yeah, I've seen Ospreay. I've seen some of the uh, I've seen some of the segments from that match, but I've never sat down and watched the whole thing. So I think you inspired me. I'm definitely going to check it out so this weekend. Uh, me with the news of Big Show uh, finally at a party in WWE. I figured I'd pick a big show match, and my favorite one was Extreme Rules 2015. This is when Roman Reigns was coming off of his his huge loss at WrestleMania when he failed to capture the world championship from Brock Lesnar when when Seth Rollins cashed in, and he bounced back the next week. He was or the next month. He was feuding with Big Show, and they put on a hell of a match at Extreme Rules. Um, anybody that says you know a lot of people that have over the last five or six years, I think Big Show is just some boring wrestler. Dude could still work when if he had the right opponent and it was the right setup and they had a hell of a match. You know, Roman put him through some tables. Really exciting stuff. So check out Roman Reigns versus uh, the Big Show from Extreme Rules 2015. And with that, it's time for Sheena to hit us with some listener mail. All right. We asked in our Foley fam and you guys delivered with some awesome questions. So our first question comes in from our friend Shane Tanisir. He says, if you could go back and uh, go back in time to any wrestling event, what would it be and why? Seth, I'll start with you. I would go back to Survivor Series 1997 and I would just yell at Brad. (laughs) Go back. Go back. <laughs> Don't trust it. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say Survivor Series 97 would be mine just to, uh, to oh save Brett. Everything that happened with the screw job. Yeah. What about you, Marco? <laughs> That's too funny. Um, so for a jokey one, uh, I'd probably go back uh, to stop Hulk Hogan from entering that uh, Yokozuna and Bret Hart match. I probably stopped that from happening. That is, a, that is that's a good answer. I, I like that. Um, I like that a lot. But my real one, just to see, like the actual be in attendance would be obviously WrestleMania Six, uh, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. Just to see that uh, that match in, in person would be be pretty yeah. amazing, pretty epic. Oh yeah. Yeah, awesome. Awesome question, Shane. Thank you so much. All right, this one comes in from our good friend Mike Lanham. He says brownies. Are corner pieces, which are two edges, middle sides, which are one edge, 
or middle pieces, which are no edges. So I've actually changed my tune on brownies over the years. When I was a kid, I definitely like the edge pieces. I like the, uh, the contrast in texture. You get a little bit crispier, just a different mouthfeel on the edge pieces. But now if I'm eating a brownie, I want it to be like the most tender, bite possible so i'm going no edges i'm going wow, for the middle. that was not what i expected from you I, I i thought you were like you know all edges. No, my my brown if, so i'm really not much of a brownie fan true, if true. i am gonna eat a brownie i like a super small piece like I, I i just need a square i don't even need a brownie i need like one bite and i want it to be <laughs> i want it to be so fatty like so buttery that it just straight up like melts on my tongue so yeah yeah i i my yeah that that's my uh See, I love, I'll go next. I love, I love edge pieces um, with, I like corner pieces, I guess I should say, two edges. So I want it to be like a nice, like moist, sorry for anybody who doesn't like that word, a nice moist middle piece, you know, like just super dense, like Seth said, just super melty and gooey. And then I want like that crispy outer edge as a, as a contrast. So I, I am here for the corner pieces. They actually have brownie trays now that you can make and like it slides into your regular baking tray and it makes, it's all edges. So every- so it's like a grid? It's like a grid. Yeah, so okay. every every brownie has like four huh. edge pieces. Yes. Yeah, so you're basically like, making a bunch of individual brownies. You make, you're yeah, making you're making brownie, brownie bites. Yeah, you're making a bunch of brownie bites yeah, that have cool. four, four edge pieces. So if you're into the crispiness of the brownies, also they make those little brownie crisps. Have you ever had those, Marco? They're yeah, like, those are tasty. They come in a little bag. Yeah. They're probably brown, they're called brownie bites. They have they're like crisps also. They're made by the same company. Yeah. It's super thin little crispy pieces of brownie. They're really, really good. Um, what about you, Marco? What do you go for? Oh, man. See, I used to be a uh, no edges person, but uh, I think it really depends on who, like, bakes the brownies or who bakes mm. the brownies, I would say. So, like, they, if they know how to bake it the, the way where it's like, it's not like the edges aren't burnt because once the edges yeah. are burnt, it's like, it, True, it, yeah. it defeats the purpose of having an edge. Um, so, yeah. my older sister, so, like, I'm not sure how she did it. But you would just take like the regular like like box of brownies that you would buy. Dude, like, box. And just, I don't care what anybody says. Box brownies. That's as good as you get. Like people oh, try yeah. to make all this fancy and try to make like homemade brownies from scratch. I don't care who you are. If you like box brownies, taste amazing. Oh, yeah. Especially if you could do like I'm not sure how she did. I never watched her actually bake the brownies. Yeah. But, like the way she would do it was like it was like she made it from scratch. It was like homemade. I'm not sure what ingredients she put into into the box, yeah. but like yeah. she would make it perfect where you would either eat, you could eat either the edge ones or the yeah. middle ones. It didn't even matter. So I like, I grew to love like the whole, the whole like pan of brownies if I had to, like I could eat the whole thing. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, if, if I had to choose, I would be the one edge. So I'd be like the, the soft and then the edge, not two edges. Yeah. Uh, I used like to make pizza, these, like uh, a, Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, I like to I like yeah. to make uh, these things called brookies. It's like a brownie yeah, cookie good. mixture, and I used to make Ooh, them yeah, for like when we, would, when we would have like you know holiday parties and stuff. I would always make the uh, the brookies, and dude, they were so freaking good. Like it's like a cookie and a brownie had a baby. Like you put a layer of cookies in the bottom, and then you pour the brownie batter over them, and then you cut them into bars. Yeah. You put like chocolate chips and marshmallows or whatever the heck you want in there, and it's just. It's freaking delicious. So yeah, I, I'm here for brownies. Thank you for the question, Mike Lanham. Now I'm like, I'm gonna go scour my cabinets after we close here, look for something sweet. <laughs> um, so Rob Regino hits us with, let's go with favorite animated film. Toy Story 3 is pretty badass, but my underdog movie is Megamind. I make my daughter watch it even when they don't want to. This is tough because I love a lot of animated movies, especially yeah. now having kids. You know, I've watched a lot of animated movies that I probably wouldn't have watched otherwise. You know, a lot of the newer stuff. Um, 
but yeah, even Seth and I, like, we used to go to the movies. Like, we would go see the Toy Story series, like, in the movies or anytime yeah, Pixar. Wally yeah, anytime movies, Pixar yeah. would put cars. something out. Yeah, Wally cars. Um, I'm going to have to go. It's funny um, that you mentioned Wally because, on a personal level, as an adult, I feel like Wally is probably my favorite animated movie just because one it's beautifully shot like there's not a ton of dialogue um it's it's really it's the sounds are really pleasant um i just love the movie i love the message behind the movie it you know kind of encourages people to look at their consumerism and you know just the, the environment and the planet and all those types of things and on that same in that same vein i also love the lorax so like the, the original dr seuss lorax cartoon not the remake i mean I, I like the remake too but like the original is where my heart is um you know that little lorax cartoon so um i think those are probably my two favorite but yeah there's so so many what about you seth um so i'm gonna I'm pull a sheena and list off like three at once yeah uh, I can that's listen. what she always does she says <laughs> what's that uh, I'll start off so so I really like Lilo and Stitch just because you know our son yeah. Brett loves it a lot and it really does capture the feel of Hawaii and as you guys know we lived in Hawaii for for seven years and Hawaii will always have a very special place in my heart um for a recent one that I really really like is Soul it came out on Christmas Day oh, yeah. um on Disney Plus starring Jamie Foxx that one kind of stuck with me you know it was really it, I would say it was you know, it was a cartoon, but it was really almost geared towards adults. You know, it was very yeah, it was. had a lot of adult themes, just about you know Pink doing the most with your life and 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 you know kind of live for your own. But if I had to say the best, um, it's not too, it's not an all time classic because it's only about five years old. But I really love Coco. Coco was really beautifully Coco. animated, yeah. awesome story. Um, and yeah, so I, I think it's, Coco. Beautiful, it's beautiful to watch too. Oh, yeah. All the oh, yeah. all the animation in that, you know, when they go to the land of the the dead, like it's just incredible. Yeah, and I'm I'm such a huge, uh, you know, it's an awesome movie. And then I'm a huge music fan. Music's always been a huge part of my life. Um, and I don't know, Coco really resonated with me. So I, yeah. I, I, you know, I again, that's another one that our son Brett absolutely loves. I've probably seen that movie, you know close to a hundred times at this point yeah. um, but it doesn't get old you know I still watch it stuff and I still like it and everything so yeah I, I would think I'd go Coco my all time favorite yeah. what about you Marco oh man I'm probably gonna jump piggyback off of both of you guys and multiple movies uh, definitely <laughs> yeah. sold um, I actually did watch that me and my wife watched that it's he said it's more it's a kid's movie wrapped in, a, in, a, in an adult uh, uh, overtone I would say not even yeah. an yeah. Uh, basically about like you know you know living your life living your you know, take it to the moments now don't worry about like yeah. what's gonna happen in the future don't try to calculate everything out just just let it go let it be um so you don't get all wrapped up in that stuff but yeah that movie was really uh maybe like you said it did it, it, it touched you with like like the feel spots everywhere you just like you yeah. sound like reminiscing about like your life and <laughs> you're like what the hell yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah like it, it's uh, yeah like for those that haven't watched it like you need to go watch it, man. Like, it's hard to even talk about that movie without getting a little bit emotional, man. Like, it's, it's heavy. Yeah, no, it's, 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 that got a frog in his throat there for a second. Yeah, so it was heavy, man. Like, yeah, you need to go watch it, dude. Yeah, it, it, will, it will make you reflect, for sure. Um, definitely, uh, so Shrek was another, uh, the Shrek series, actually. I love Shrek. I love, I do have a soft spot for Shrek. I quoted yeah. Shrek a lot in, after it came out. It was just a funny, yeah, funny but, movie. I love, I love Mike Myers, too. Like, I'm yeah, a, I'm me a too. Myers fan. Eddie Murphy, um, the get away from the donkey. That sounds cool. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, that was pretty good. <laughs> I didn't go. I didn't go full into the, the Shrek thing, but um, my all-time favorite movie is Aladdin. 
Um, for some I reason, that, that yeah. sticks out the most out of anything, mainly because I think it was like a huge Robin Williams fan back in the day uh, when I was younger because he did all those like he's just so animated and you know obviously before this is before Jim Carrey yeah yeah so I was like a huge fan of him. and when I found out he was doing like an animated movie or doing the voice of something obviously yeah. I was a huge fan of that but um I do for a visual another movie is uh actually there's a couple more Moana love Moana. Oh, that movie's Moana visually too. like insane. Like it even I can reminds, it reminds the water. you of Island too, yeah. Oh. Yeah, like the water on that movie is like I don't even care about like characters. Like just looking at the the water looks so real. Like you wanna yeah. dive in <laughs> dive in and swim in it. Um, that and um, right now trolls, because my kids are like really into both yeah. trolls. Our, our kid loves um, trolls. Like, singing every single movie. Princess Poppy. Yeah, Princess Poppy, every song. yeah, Branch. Yeah, Princess Poppy, Poppy, yeah. So Branch and uh, Bridget. Singing yeah. Hello is probably like my favorite part of the movie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're gonna we, we may have to, yeah we may have to do a uh, a bracket. You know, uh, Seth loves a bracket. We may have to do like best animated films because yeah, there's okay. so there are so many. I mean, we would have to break it down and just do like best animated Disney films, best you know best animated like short stories and cartoons and stuff. Because yeah, there's so many and they they hit. For so many different reasons, nostalgia, and then like you know, like you said with Soul, like as an adult watching it, like it makes you reflect. So yeah, thank you, Rob, for that question. Too. So let's, let's end on a uh, on a fun one, Kane. That one, that one's ended up being a little heavy, man. <laughs> yeah, <it was> like, <laughs> talking about the failing environment and reflecting on All our right. lives. And <laughs> yeah. Great question, though. <laughs> All right, this one comes in from uh, Johnny JB. He says, "If you could have a figure made of yourselves, which style would it be?" LJN has. Hasbro's Bendem, Mattel, oh, Jazzwear. Boy. So I love the Hasbro's. All right, Hasbro's were a ton of fun. But when I think of like playing with wrestling figures and stuff, I go back to the BTAs, man. That was when I had my most my most in depth, most incredible like fig fed as a kid. It was with Jack's Bone Cruncher. So yeah, I think I would make a uh, you know a heel husband bone crunching action figure. How about you, Marco? Oh man, that's rough. That's a tough one to choose from. Uh, I definitely like Hasbro. I'm probably gonna go LJN. I want to last forever, so I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the LJN line. I'm gonna, <laughs> you don't have anything breaking. What's the gonna get us some scuff marks and some yeah. paint? Where is yeah. LJN? Just yeah. me and you, you have me. I'm, I'm sitting on your on your mantle or whatever. But yeah, for years. I'm not sure yeah. what pose I would do, but uh, but yeah, I'd probably have something where like I could do. You could have some like different move sets would be you know, some like body slants some clotheslines. The JYD is uh, versatile. The the second Hulk pose with the one yeah. fist back and the other arm sticking out. Yeah. That's a good one. one like the Greg Valentine pose. Yeah. Yeah, one of those I'd probably do. Yeah, so LJM. How about you, Sheen? Well, I was going to say LJM because I would be the first uh, um, woman, but then we have no, Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. I know. No, I totally forgot. I totally forgot about Miss Elizabeth, but she, so she would be the she would be the first manager. I would be the first ever wrestling podcasting woman wrestling figure. So yeah. you know, I, I mean, they, they couldn't have even fathom what a podcast would even be during the LJN days. That's, but, uh, so, that's so yeah. true. But yeah, I would I would be in my L, I would have my LJN gear. I would have my signature, you know, Chick Foley show Buffalo plaid vest and my my Mick Foley shirt, and uh, you know, 
black black leggings with leopard print boots and uh you know hitman shades that'd be my ljn figure you know all right so when we hit a million downloads a week on this show we'll make it happen we'll get some marco <laughs> and uh sheena ljn's and, and a seth bone crunching action figure for you guys nice. so yeah, yeah just get, get us to a milli and we'll make it happen uh sheena remind the folks where they can find you guys on social media you guys can always find me on instagram at chick foley you can find marco over there running the twitter machine at chick at Chick Foley Show. And then most importantly, you can become a part of our Foley fam by checking out chickfoleyshow.com. And with that, I think we're out. Yeah. Uh, remember, use code Chick Foley, anything you order at Ringside Collectibles, and we'll finish the show as you do every week. Marco, do you got any closing thoughts for the listeners? Not this week, no. I don't have any. Oh, I man, I have some, some type of quote. Um, I was just going to do the same one over and over again, but I think that's kind of lame. But yeah, he used all of his emotion during that uh, animated segment. Animated yeah, I did. Yeah, that, that took a lot out of me. Just thinking all about his, all his deep thoughts. <laughs> that. I just like, reflected on my life I'm talking about that movie. It, uh, it feels like the first time in a while that we don't got a, a pay-per-view or a takeover or something on the weekend. So feels good. Yeah, take a weekend off, yeah. dig deep, you know, spend some time with your families and find some stuff on the the network to uh, to watch this week and enjoy. Because starting next week we got Revolution. And I think we got Fastlane right after and we're that. On the road so to WrestleMania. Party, yeah, so. this is one of the yeah. few weekends off we got from watching wrestling. So enjoy, find something you like to do. Everybody, stay safe, and we will talk to you guys next week.